Welcome to Guys We Fucked. <laughs> guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry, sorry about, about last, last night. night. The anti slut shaming podcast. <laughs> I never stop. <laughs> What up, fuckers? Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fuck. It's the anti-slut shaming podcast. I'm Corinne. I'm Christina. What's up? Oh, man. I sound like a sick person. <laughs> uh, this week's episode is brought to you once again by Take My Wife on CISO. Uh, it's exclusively available on CISO, which is S-E-E-S-O dot com. It's ad-free streaming comedy with new originals, classics, late night and stand-up specials. Take My Wife is a new show about careers, couples, comedy and motorcycle jackets. Mm. It stars real life comedians and real life wives, Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher. Go to CISO dot com and use promo code Take My Wife and get two months free. I've worked with both those comedians. They're very nice. You work with their work. I've worked with them. That's cool. Yeah, they're both cool. They're cool, so cool. Cool people. And funny and shit. Yes. Hi, what's going on in your life? Um, I almost forgot. It was a groundbreaking uh week. And for me, uh, I did have dinner with James's parents. Are you okay? Is your Oh, my God. I know. I'm very proud of myself. I'm proud of you, too. Yeah, because no one really seems to understand that this that like why it's such a big deal for me. But I mean, I'm 30 years old. I've never I've refused to meet anyone's parents ever. Like, and why is that hidden in places in people's homes behind things? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Ridiculous. Why is it ridiculous? I mean, everyone I I think a lot of things that people write to us are ridiculous that are easy for me. Right. Well, that. Yeah. This is just my why, thing. Why is it? I feel like I'm not allowed to have a thing and this is my thing. Oh, you're allowed to have things. I, uh, because, uh, it's, it's, I, I feel like it's like, you have to, you, that's like a person or people that you have to impress. And I yeah. have no interest in impressing people. And then it actually makes me want to unimpress them. <laughs> right. So that's not good. And I just know that I and, get that. And I don't want to be in a situation, put it in a situation where I have to be disrespectful towards someone's parents because right. no matter, because you're going to say what you think anyway. Yeah. And if, like, if I don't like them or if they say something rude to me, I'm going to have to say something back. And then that's just, it's, it's just a mess that awkward. I don't want to be involved in. That, that that's completely understandable. Yeah. What, uh, did James give you a heads up on like, hey, this is what you need to know just to, so you knew what you were up against or well, his you were par- up with? Uh, I mean, his parents are are divorced. So this was I was meeting the dad. I haven't met his biological mom yet. It was, this was his stepmom and his dad, but who's been a part of his life for a long time. I cheated because I had met her before only okay. because she had come uh to see me perform in Ohio. That, okay. Which I, I guess I kind of knew, but I don't know, just stepmom did, wasn't, stepmom d- d- is not as nerve wracking for me as biological mom. Oh, right. Because the mom of a son and my yeah, mom is like this with her it's, son. It's just a little, it's just a little bit different. Yeah. Um. So how did it go? Were uh, you nervous? It went, well, number one, I didn't really have, he just was like, oh, it, it was his birthday. And so he was like, I had a whole birthday trip planned for him. And then, after that, he was like, when are we going to be done? Because we're going to have dinner with my parents. And I was like, 
come again? I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? I As he's have, leaving. By the way, we're going to get dinner with my dad. Bye. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I must have misheard you. Because I feel like you just told me that we are going to. And you didn't ask me if that was okay. And he was like. Yeah, you got to ask. And he was like. But also. And, and so it was like that. And I was like, you know, this is a huge deal. Like, I think he forgot. Because it's a weird thing to be weird about. <laughs> but it's not that. It's not, no, it's a big deal. I met Steven's parents way too early. And when he told me we were going to his house, I'm like. Yeah, I, I for me and I don't mind meeting parents at all. But I was like, this is too soon. Right. I feel like historically men are more nervous about meeting parents than women are like men are always, like, you know, on sitcoms, men are always the ones who are like trying not to meet the parents. <laughs> it's getting too serious. Got to comb my hair tonight. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's not like about getting serious for me because I don't I think a lot of other people like need blessings from their parents, which is weird. And like, I'm the same way. Like James, James was like, well, he's like, I don't give a shit if they like you or not. And I was like, of course you don't. Cause you're exactly like me. And I don't give a shit if my parents, like I respect my parents and stuff. But at the end of the day, if they don't like my boyfriend, tough shit tough shit and they know that like they that's that's open and you know my parents they know they know when to say stuff and when not to like they're not gonna they're not gonna give an opinion on someone as my mom said unless she thought i was actually physically or emotionally in danger yeah your parents have healthy boundaries yeah they're fine (laughs) which is nice and i was like i was i'm always like no one should ever be nervous to meet my parents they're gonna be super nice to you yeah and it's gonna be easy and they're gonna get you and they're gonna pay for your dinner and you're gonna have a great time oh that friendly's crispy chicken salad man yeah forget everything's gonna be great um But yeah, so we went to, I well, I picked out a, he wanted to go to a hibachi restaurant. So I picked out a hibachi restaurant Ooh. and um, it was fine. Well, cause I was also a little nervous cause like he, his family is religious. And then, so that also makes me nervous. Uh, do they know about the podcast? Um, well, I think they think that I'm like famous or something. <laughs> so which in this, in this you case. You kind of are, you were in vogue. I don't know if you saw that link. <laughs> in this case, it was helpful. It's, I think it's right. how it makes it's a it one helpful up. because at least like I'm, you know, parents always want their kids to be someone with someone who's doing well. Yeah. I mean, if so I started dating a homeless person, my mom would be like, his, Christina, <laughs> stop. His dad Googled me and apparently oh, liked my they jokes. Know. Then they know the podcast. Yeah. And apparently liked my jokes. Well, the stepmom definitely knows. And she's cool as shit anyway. So oh, I love when religious people are cool. Yeah. Because well, Stephen's I mean, parents are, I don't know how religious they are. They go to church and stuff. And I don't know. I Maybe it's because of so often I meet religious people that are right. Like their buttholes tighten up the second, like a breast is half exposed. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah. No, they're cool. And they like, and they actually live the life that I would hope religious people do. It's like, they go to like Liberia and help people. Oh, dope. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, that's Good. Oh, they're they're like philanthropists. You're like you're like living the religious life. You know, you're like living a. You're doing as Jesus did, and not as he didn't say or do. Yeah. So that that made me happy. <laughs> no, That's it great. was fine, and I and I did, and I felt like I did a good job of like talk talking and good making words you. come out of my mouth. I figured you'd be good at that. So that was good. I'm surprisingly not good at that a lot. I think you are. You're just, mm. an, you're an introvert. So people like when people meet you after shows and stuff, you don't, I mean, you're pretty talkative, but when you're not, it's just because right. you don't want to talk and people are like, oh, <laughs> she hate me. Well, and I also don't she like small talk. So, but it, we were able to talk about real stuff. That's nice. Yeah. So I love, oh, I love meeting people's parents because it just, 
it gives me so much insight to them as a person. Like meeting yeah. your parents gave me so much more insight. I feel like I know you better. It's useful. Well, I really like meeting my friends' parents because yeah. that helps me in the friendship and like understanding them. But then sometimes with uh, in relationships, it makes me like I feel like that's like my only shot. Have you ever dated a guy? Well, you've, you've never met anybody's parents then. No, but I didn't. Wow, I, that is a big deal. I didn't, and I and I like really didn't want to meet Frank's mom. Not because she seemed lovely, but I didn't want to meet her because he thought so highly of her and I knew that if she didn't like me he would like me less no matter what he said I yeah. kn- I knew because he has that well I've dated some guys and their moms I'm like are you you're gonna try to fuck yourself Wait, are you gonna marry him right like dude I know well Frank had been engaged before and his mom had made this comment that he t- made the mistake of telling me about off. Oh, and he and, and he was like, yeah. And she was like, yeah, I knew you weren't happy. I could see it in your eyes in the photos you took together. And I was like, <laughs> motherfucker, what the fuck? That's some creepy shit. Yeah, yo. So how can I meet your mom after that? Yeah. I was like practicing eye, like the way my pupils were pointing in the mirror. <laughs> like, come on, get the You're, fuck out of town. You were, I no, you look very happy. Those pictures. I've seen most of them. Oh, God. She just, I don't know. Sometimes I've. I've dated a guy once and his mom just hated me. Yeah. Hated, but it was, she hated anybody that dated her son. Right. Was like, Nobody's good enough for my baby. Well, like, I also, all right, I get nervous with women, like moms and sisters, because I, I do reek of sexuality. So, <laughs> like, I just like. You are, you're very, uh, yeah, you do. You, you do. just know that I'm DTF. So, <laughs> that's a problem. But we know, we know that you're DTF in a, the like a good way, meaning that you're not like, humping the couch you're just no you're it's just, laid back you have this in tune you can you're, fuck me and not call me and everything's gonna be fine <laughs> i mean that and the sister senses that and that's why she wants to go out with you later right. uh, yeah i don't know you can fuck me and not call me and i won't kill myself yeah no it's not a big deal <laughs> dude we we fucking peace out fucking peace no we gotta we kind of come up with a name for that Fucking dumb. Oh, no, fuck. oh well. Um, hump 'em, dump 'em. That fucking was fly that I got from a. Oh yeah. The, what is that song? The Weezer song. Te- whoever sang "Teenage Dirtbag." I mean, that's a real old reference. Oh, but it's like Weezus or something. Weezus, something like that. It sounds. It always sounds like Weezer. Is that Weasel Jesus? Weedus. I think it's Weezus. It's something that sounds like Weezer, but is not. But they're not nearly as popular as Weezer. It reminds me of one of my favorite words in middle school, and that was weenus. It's the skin on your elbow, but it sounds like penis. So we would go around everybody and be like, stop touching my weenus. I haven't heard that in so long. rub our elbows against people and then yell at them for touching our weenus. I guess that was a (laughs) joke that got around to all the grade schools because that was also a hot one. Uh, I think it's so funny. It is. It's one of my best jokes. (laughs) That and like Lake Titty Caca when that was (laughs) talked about in, in... That's a lake? Yeah. Titty Caca? Yeah. Shut up. I mean, there's just some school jokes that there's a school. There's a road in Virginia called Butts Road. And we're like, (laughs) Butts Road, Butts Road. I am a stinky butt. And then just laugh at ourselves for our brilliant, insightful humor. Yeah. I mean, I miss being a kid. Words are funny. So yeah, guys, get over us. We're in the business of that. (laughs) What's new with you? Uh, I had sex earlier. And it's been a while. <laughs> Congratulations. I had sex. I, I feel like multiple times you've said it's been a while, though. So how long could the while have actually been? Oh, God, I don't even know. Like a week? Maybe Probably more than that. Okay. Ten days. Oh, okay. I, got, I was sleeping. You know, he was sleeping. 
a lot know, of sleeping was going on. A lot of like missed schedules, but he's doing oh, right. this thing. Oh, it's so hot. Maybe he's been doing it and I haven't really noticed it before, but I found myself, I was laying down and he was on top and I found myself like peering back a little, almost like I was looking at a work of art and I was yeah. like, that's pretty nice. He does this thing where he like holds my, I'm doing it even though you guys can only listen. He holds my legs like up and he's like this fucking, this fucking like Spartacus. And he has my legs. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, he's like, it's like he's exiting. It's like he's lifting out of the sea with a trident in his hand. And I'm like, good God, that is one for the spank bank, my friend. I know people are always lifting my legs. And I was just like, is my pussy too loose? Cause that's what it, I mean. That's what it's doing. It's tightening your. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. When you lift shit. your legs, it's, it's tighter. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. But I mean, see how we don't know shit. Guys? It's a. Cl- it's a. It's I didn't a, know that. That's a classic man move. I mean, I like to. My favorite it's thing to tighter? do is when the man's on top. I like to wrap my legs around his neck. Do you ever do that? Oh yes, I have, and I like that's when that. I queef. And I queefed earlier. Oh really? Oh, it's just it, that's comfortable for me. And I oh I queefed. I didn't laugh. You'd be proud of me. Mm, mm-hmm. Did Steven laugh? No, no one laughed. <laughs> Did you acknowledge it? In my head to myself. Yes. Was it very loud or was it like a... It was multiple times. And it was on, more this like que- a, on the queef scale. On the queef scale, I would say it was more of a... <laughs> oh. Like a... Okay. <laughs> I feel like that happens... I mean, it's audible though. We all heard right. it. So because you're not doing a lot of talking during the sex or... No, I am doing a lot of talking, but I was just like, I'm not going to address that because then I'm going to take us out of the mood. Oh, this is the other thing. Right. So many things happened a couple hours ago behind that wall. Right. Queefing. The trident thing was really great. (laughs) He took his dick all the way out and then went to put it back in and like punched me. Oh, yeah. Oh, it hurt. Yeah. It hurt. Yeah. Oh, man. And part of it, you know, when like sometimes I don't know if you do this, but I'll drop something and I'll say ow, but I didn't get hurt. I well, I when I drop something, I cover my ears. (laughs) That's like, oh. I, I don't know. I've always done it and I don't know why. Maybe you were killed in Japan ages ago and that was your previous yeah, I life. I think it's much simpler from when I was a kid. Like, it's like, I am I'm I don't want to hear the crash of whatever I dropped breaking. But no matter what it is, That's I cover my ears and I can't stop it. I don't know how to stop it. Oh, I've never noticed you did that. I'll look out next time. Yeah. Um. I, I it, it didn't hurt as much as I vocalized it hurt, but I was like, ah, it's, uh, it's not good. And we had to stop and see if it felt really bad. Um, but he punched me. Did it hurt his, his penis though? That seems like it also it hurt did. his penis. I asked and I was like, are, are you okay? And he's like, I'm, I'm okay. It's fine. And then we just kept going. Cause man, that position was good on him. <laughs> Speaking of that, come see us live. Speaking of good stuff. Yeah. Speaking of great things that you love and go to. Uh, tonight it's Friday, August 26th. So at, uh, 1130 PM, you can come to New York comedy club and watch nacho bitches. It's the yeah. last show of the summer. It's going to be super fun. Co-hosted by myself and Blair Saki. And also we have Bonnie McFarlane on the show. <gasps> I love Bonnie. So exciting. Tickets are just $10 with the code nacho. And then the next day, tomorrow, Saturday, August 27th, Wendy Starling and I bring our monthly show to Zinc Bar in the West Village called Glamour Puss. Doors at 7, show at 7.30. Ticket link for that is in the link in the description of this podcast. That's 21 and up. 
And then Toronto. Hey, How you've been you buying tickets for Just for Laughs Toronto. There's two shows that are happening uh, there. Thursday, uh, 9.22. And then Friday, 9.23. Um, actually, there's three shows. Yeah, we added. Yeah, <laughs> so that just got added. I just I've, realized that. We yeah. have been telling everybody, individual ticket links are up. So I didn't know this because we were not informed. But now we are. Uh, Thursday, uh, the twenty, the September 22nd and 9 is the live recording of the show. Individual tickets, uh, I think, might be sold out for that one. Friday, uh, September 23rd, 9 p.m., we're doing the Guys We Fuck tour show. It's the experience. That's actually passes only, which so the information changed. And then at midnight on Friday, September 23rd, we're doing Guys We Fuck the experience. Um, and you can get individual tickets to that. And we have actually a longer set time for that show. And we're going to get buck wild. Yeah. So if you can and stay up late, do that midnight one. It's yeah, going to be a really good time. It's going to be fun. And then. Oh, my God. New Orleans. We're yeah. coming to you. Aren't New you Orleans. excited? New Orleans. We're going to be part of the Hell Yes Festival, which is Wednesday, October 12th. It's an all-ages show. Doors open at 7 p.m. The show's at 8 p.m. Uh, tickets start at $25. This is a live podcast recording. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be super fun. We're really excited. I've never been to New Orleans. Have you? Me either. And I want to see so many ghosts. Yes, it's going to be fun. And my brother is going to be there. I'm so excited. Uh, so visit sorryaboutlastnightcomedy.com slash contact uh, and sign up for our mailing list by entering your email on the bottom left corner. That will keep you up to date with uh, dates as our tour expands. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't believe it's almost going to be September. Where has the time gone? Oh, it's on my wrist. I was wondering what the fuck right? you're doing. <laughs> uh, guys, this episode of Guys We Fucked is sponsored by Movement Watches. Uh, Karen is wearing a beautiful gold watch. Mm. And I got a watch for Steven. They make men's and women's watches. I fucking love a dude with a hot watch. He looks so hot and he gets compliments on it all the time. And uh, it just, I love accessorizing. And I think these watches are really sharp looking. Uh, Movement watches, they have a ton of interchangeable color schemes to match any outfit, any mood. Uh, They have genuine leather bands, three-hand quartz movement and stainless steel case. Movement delivers, I think I just said movement like an extra time, whatever. Uh, They deliver classic watches for a price that's honestly a steal. They look like a $500 watch, but they start at only $115. So to check them out and to get 15% off your entire first purchase, go to mvmtwatches.com slash GWF. That's mvmtwatches.com slash GWF. Movement watches. It's about time. Oh, and then- oh, that was good. Sorry. That was really good. <laughs> And then thank you also to our other sponsor, Casper Mattresses. Uh, Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress made in America at a shockingly fair price. I see people all around New York City having them because they're great because when they're delivered to you, they come in a box. So it's when you bring it into your house, it's not going to like knock down your antique vase. Uh, With your mom in it. <laughs> it combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015, and it's now the most awarded mattress of the decade. Both Christine and I own them. They're 
They're a good, it's a good mattress and it's a really reasonably priced. I gotta say, I have nothing bad to say about this mattress, except for that my boyfriend spilled some juice on it. Boyfriend. That's not Casper's problem though. Uh, get free shipping <laughs> and returns. Good, good bringing it back. <laughs> to US and Canada. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. If you don't love the mattress, they'll pick it up and refund you all your money. You can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com GWF and use the offer code GWF terms and conditions apply. Casper, have your boyfriend's penis punch you in the vagina, but then you bounce back because you're on a Casper mattress. But just enough. Yeah. You bounce back just enough. Just the right amount. <laughs> um, a lot of people, we, we're, we have something really exciting coming up in September. <clears throat> in early September, we can give you some more details soon, but... A lot of people have been like, you guys should do more than one episode a week. Or we have people like binge listen and then they get really sad and tweet us that they don't have any more episodes. Yeah. And we're like, left. leave us alone. Do your homework. We're doing the best. We Eyes can. on the road, Todd. <laughs> um, and we will be there. We're, we're going to be introducing a monthly service shortly in early September where Corinne and I. We'll be doing bonus episodes of Guys We Fucked. Um, they're going to include a lot of things. Some of them, I don't know if you guys follow us on social media. We do Subject Line Sunday where we just post subject lines of some of the emails that we've received. And a lot of them are really funny. We're going to be reading those. We're going to be talking to people. We're going to be, it's going to be really exciting. So yeah. just keep a lookout for that. Sign up for our email address. We'll be emailing you guys about it too. So just have it in your minds. Yeah. Christmas is coming. So you got your fucking way. Are you happy now? Great. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, I, a lot of you last week, we read the uh, letter from the woman who stared at the air, stayed at the Airbnb. You tweeted, you emailed. A lot of you offered help. Thank you so much. Uh, I stalked her because I emailed her and in then I didn't, didn't get a response. So I, she has a very specific name. So I friended her on Facebook. Why don't you love me? But the thing was I friended her on Facebook, but I didn't message her. Message her. I just like friended her. Like, hey, remember me? Answer me. <laughs> hey, it's that bitch I emailed you. Maybe you think about emailing her back. And then she did. Uh, but we spoke, and she actually had been. I don't even know how they found out her name, but uh, Airbnb had already uh, contacted her directly. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I, the I podcast or no? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? Yeah, they had because they tweeted us. A lot of people tweeted about it. And I, Twitter is a great way to get the attention of celebrities and companies. Oh, yeah. Because they care. They don't want bad press around on the internet. That's, you know, we see how bad press can affect oh, people's girl. lives. So bad press can also affect companies, organizations. It is powerful when you speak out intelligently about things. So Airbnb uh, tweeted uh, us back. I replied to them that it was regarding a sexual assault. And yeah, they, they already got ahead of me and contacted her directly. So that's being taken care of. And hopefully that guy will no longer be an Airbnb host. They have a great customer service. I was really uh, happy with that. And if there's anything else that we need you guys to do, I'll let you know. But thank you so much for all your help and getting stuff done. Thanks for giving a shit because that's what makes the world go around. And that's what restores my faith in humanity. Well, yeah, it's not only it's not only getting angry, but it's getting angry and then calling, doing something, emailing, getting out there, doing something active to to create social change. Yeah, that's the important part. Speaking of social change um i don't know if you guys uh how big you are uh uh, into international news i'm not specifically in super into international news or you know news in general like not my thing (laughs) but um 
Earlier in August, uh, a woman named uh, Hande Kader, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I did watch a video to try and pronounce it correctly. Uh, she was murdered in Turkey and Istanbul. Uh, she's a 23-year-old transgender woman who was a well-known LGBT activist. And this is an interesting story because her body was found earlier this month, Um and it was not in good condition. She was raped and tortured by a gang of individuals. And then her body was like found in a forest in Istanbul, burned. Um, and that is horrible. And it's it also sad to me that we found out about this so much later in America. Like it took a couple, like a, a week for this news to get here. Uh, the reason being uh, is because kudos to the young, especially the young people of Turkey. This is the first thing that actually got people like really, really pissed off about LGBT rights. And so people have been like kind of rioting and that's great. And that's how change is going to happen. Uh, interestingly enough, she was also a sex worker. Mm -hmm. And so as we talk about a lot of times as a sex worker, you're putting yourself in dangerous situations. It's a super dangerous occupation, but because of the way trans people are treated in Turkey, a lot of times sex work is their only option. Um, yeah. This article is really interesting. Like it says they won't give a trans person a job in Turkey. They won't even rent a home to a trans person in, Tur in Turkey. So, you know, she was looking to get gender reassignment surgery, needed money to live, sex work was the only thing um, that she saw as a feasible way to make that money. Um, and, you know, she got in a dangerous situation and was also a known activist and that's frowned upon. So she, uh, at 23, was murdered. And there's some interesting statistics that I was reading about. Turkey has a higher rate of transsexual murders than anywhere in Europe. And think hate crimes and things like honor killings are still very prevalent there. So it's just important to, you know, I think know that progress in a, in a way is being made everywhere, uh, but that we need to be really alert <laughs> like to these problems in other countries because you know, as usual, we have a pretty fucking good here. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's nice to live in a place where you can be who you want to be. But I mean, trans murders is still a problem in America. It's the new thing. It's the new thing that people don't understand. Um, so I think understanding and getting out and caring about issues, things like LGBT rights, things like uh, Black Lives Matter. These are all important things because... Yeah. I think it's really uh, especially up to young people to make that social change and to say, I don't care how you've been doing things for all this time. This is not the way things can go anymore. We need to change and we're not going to shut the fuck up until yeah. change is made. And I mean, peacefully, please. Jeez, um, yeah. But yeah. So I just wanted to kind of um, talk about that because I think it's important and just the people are. <laughs> why? I don't get why yeah. people are afraid of things they don't understand. Yeah. Or if it threatens their own sexuality in some way, which it doesn't, but they take it as that. Yeah. Like if a man is attracted to a trans woman in his head, he's like, am I gay? Shut the fuck. Who gives a shit? I don't right. know. Maybe. Who knows? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Because it makes them feel scared about themselves and, it, and it, they're afraid that it might unlock something about themselves that they don't want to oh be true. Oh my God. And that's so... It it, oh, it it enrages me to no end. I mean, I'm so fucking tired of arguing with dumb white people about the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. Like you're fucking idiot. If you don't get it there, do some research, go on the websites, go to go sign up for the email address. They send out 
newsletters. Like, read this shit. No right. one's. If well, I have I mean, to, if I have to fucking like read one more comment of like, well, Black Lives Matter cheered the cops getting. No, they fucking didn't. Well, white the people knocked it killed. out of the park this week because they had that. Oh my god, they, they had the White Lives Houston. Matter t- Texas protest. White people, listen to me. <laughs> Your lives were always treated from day one like they fucking mattered, okay? So we don't need a White Lives Matter slogan, hashtag, that you're disgusting if you're using that. And please stop. Please stop. You're better than that. I know you are deep down. Yeah. So I think the point is it's just just because you are not trans or you are not black, that doesn't these are still human beings and they deserve the same rights. I mean, it's it's it sounds almost hacked to say that people deserve the same rights because it's like, oh, we learned about this, you know, like when in the Martin Luther King Jr. speech that everyone read when they were like in the fourth grade. But we still have to keep repeating it because for some reason it just like hasn't gotten through to a lot of people. So just remember that. And I think it's really important to care about people who don't have the same attributes as you, because no matter if we're mad at each other, we all need each other's help. Like when when white people need help, black people need to help them. When black people need help, white people need to help them. No matter what kind of orientation you have, we need to help each other. Straight because, people help out trans people. Yeah, it can't Men, just be help your group women. helping out yourselves because then no one listens. When everyone gets together and, be, and says, hey, clink, clink, clink on the glass, this is an issue that needs attention. Then that's when we really see progress. When we come together. Yeah. You could speak intelligently about things and you inform yourself and then look all of a sudden the country's better. Yeah. And education is is so key. I think education is the most wonderful tool with which to fight hate. And we are, we're all pieces of shit, as we say, almost every episode. Yeah. And everyone's going through something and you don't know what that other person is going through, whether that has to deal with their sexuality or their race or their gender or anything. So it's like, we're all human beings and we all have more similar things than different things. And I wish people would just remember that more. Right. You certainly don't have to pander someone or like someone because they are trans or because they are black, but you cannot not like them solely based on that. You see how that works? Are there minorities who are pieces of shit? Absolutely. Of course. Are there women who are pieces of shit? You but yeah, bet. but are they pieces of shit because they are a minority, because they are a woman, because they are trans? No. No. So find another reason to dislike them. Yeah. Like their personality. Yeah. God, find a legit reason. <laughs> Jesus. Horrible haircut. I don't know. <laughs> the subject of this email is fat boy confidence in a hottie body. Okay. Hello. I'll try to make this short and concise. I need help. I'm 34 years old. When I was a teenager, I had severe social anxiety. I had no friends at all in school. As I got older, I was severely depressed and struggled to function on a daily basis. Not long after I gained a ton of weight, 280 plus pounds, and just generally felt like a shitty person. Needless to say, I wasn't exactly popular with the ladies. I went from one long-term shitty relationship to another. In my mid-20s, things kind of clicked and I went to school, got a degree, got in shape, and generally got my shit together. Met a girl, had a daughter, broke up with the girl, then had to take girl to court for joint custody. My daughter pretty much is the love of my life and has taught me so many things, including what it feels like to actually bond with another human, something that apparently I was lacking in my troubled childhood. So I've been working out and I'm now in shape. I started hitting the weights hard earlier this year and I'm definitely noticing the difference in how women behave around me. In the past month, I've been hollered at from three girls from or from girls in 
in cars three times, <laughs> been followed by girls, uh-oh, <laughs> and have had even had girls try to pretend like they are using their phone but take pictures of me. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why didn't you send us a pic? Mm-hmm. Uh, ladies, turn ladies turn the volume down first, amateurs. I'm single and have absolutely no game. I know girls are interested in me. Honestly, I know I'm a good catch, but I don't know how to portray that externally. If I'm on a date, I know I'm really fun, charming, and know how to amp up the sexual chemistry. The initial contact just completely baffles me. It makes it even harder because when I do talk to girls, I feel like they are either so nervous that they don't say anything, even though even though they turn bright red, and that makes me even more nervous, or they expect me to be a lot more smooth for my age. I got really high before I wrote this. I hope this all makes sense. What is the best way to approach a woman that I'm attracted to? And how do I get them to relax around me? Well, aren't you a goddamn Johnny Heartbreaker? I know. I love this email because I was like, how good looking are you? You must be really fucking hot. Mm-hmm. Send us a pic. Yeah. How, shame on you for not. <laughs> um, I like guys with no game. I like guy. I don't like guys who come up to me in a bar and like try to be suave. This fucking you're obviously you're very attractive and girls come up to you. Just talk to them like be funny. Humor is always key. Yeah. You seem like you could be pretty. This email is fun. Like, I feel like you have a sense of humor. Yeah. You made us laugh. Yeah. That, that was, was really fun. funny. We're tough critics. Yeah. And uh, how do I get them to act naturally and calm down? Don't tell them to calm down because then they'll fucking freak out. Yeah, I mean, I think it just takes give it to, give it a second. And I, I'm sure you've spoken to people who have that. There are some people who just have that amazing way of speaking to you that makes you feel like you're the only person in the room. Yeah, that charm. Think, yeah, make eye contact. Seem like you give a shit. Ask questions that care. Talk about them, not yourself. I mean, in a couple seconds, I mean, unless you're Brad Pitt, they're going to calm down. They'll <laughs> calm down. Yeah. And I, I've been in the presence of some gentlemen that I can't, that are so attractive that I can't focus. Like it's really, it's not a lot, Yeah, but there's some of them out there for sure. Um, but then if you just, I think asking them about themselves is a great in and it's, you know, when someone asks me about me, I'm like, (laughs) Oh, you like want to know that's crazy. And then I go on and then there we go. We're already having a good time. Yeah. And you need, and I think you're definitely going to need to sift through. There are going to be people who can't get past the fact that you're good looking or who are only going to care about that and not really give a shit. Like women who don't care about your personality do exist. It's kind of a rarer breed than uh, with men, but they, they definitely exist. Uh, And you'll, you'll find someone who, and then and then that girl probably is probably going to luck out because she I'm I'm guessing she's probably not going to be as good looking as you. And then she's going to luck out only yeah. because someone like that is going to care more about personality. Totally. But you're going to luck out because then you're going to have a really cool girlfriend. Yeah. And you're like, you seem so obviously you're really hot. You love your daughter. That is so sexy. Oh yeah. My God. Just talk, talk about it. Yeah. She'll calm down about how good like, your looks are when she knows you have a kid anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I would definitely date a guy with a kid. Yeah. No, I mean, people will. It'll be fine. You'll be great. But just don't, don't get like, don't mind fuck yourself before it happens. I, women can always tell. And I think guys can tell too, I guess. But when a guy's nervous to talk to you, I it's I know right away. It's cute. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm not. I'm the piece of shit, dude. You, yeah. It's fine. Don't it's worry funny. About it. It's funny. It's nice. Uh, All right. You know who else is nice? Who, who else is nice? Our guest. Mm-hmm. Do we have anything else to say? No, no, we're good. Yeah. Um, this week's episode is, uh, I've been wanting to interview this person for a long time. And Corinne, you had told me that 
he listens to the podcast and I was like, shut the fuck up. Oh, yes, we get into that, man. Yeah, he's a wonderful. He's uh, made several films. He's done several live shows that I know both Christine and I have. One of the first uh, things we did together a long time ago was we saw him. My girlfriend's boyfriend. Run, yeah, that show at Upright Citizens Brigade. And Nathan Lane was in the audience. Because they're like friends, apparently. He's so cool. Yeah, and was really cool. And we were in the front row because we used to be very nerdy and sit in the front row for everything. Because what if he spits on me? Yeah. Yeah. And then my boyfriend, oh yeah, sorry, I gave it away, but we know from the title anyway. So excited, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen! Please give a warm welcome to Mike Berbiglia. Way down to rock bottom, I sent y'all. Token is a genius. I don't give a fuck. I'm on some paraplegic shit. You feel me? I ain't feeling y'all. I got no feeling in my legs. Wheelchairs, I pop a wheelie on. I am really young. 17 and I got funders with their hands. I'm talking about a million. But I don't take no handouts off air. You don't need to scratch my back. I got me in massage chair. That's right. Everybody act like they live in the exact life. Everybody trying to be like everybody. No one trying to be an individual and that's like Getting a flashlight to mask light. A black eye to have sight. A bad guy to act nice. A traffic light to crash bikes. An appetite to snack light. An afterlife to flat line. A rabbi to baptize. Whoa. And bragging on the internet just means you got a fake ego filled with insecurities killing you And that's why I've been plotting on the low But I don't really want to keep it on the low no more So I'ma need all of y'all hands in the air The goddamn take it that I decided want to go on tour Saying I don't give a fuck I don't give a fuck Like I'm paralyzed from the waist down Waist down Waist down Waist down, waist down. I'm so happy you're sitting on my green thrift store chair. Me too. <laughs> it's such an honor to have you here. Life is so strange. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> you never thought you could possibly be here. Well, yesterday I was on Charlie Rose. And okay. today I'm on Guys We Fuck. <laughs> and life is, life is just so strange. But um, you you guys know I'm a fan of the show. I, I listen to... A lot of episodes when Chris Gethard and I were on tour. That is because I introduced him to the podcast. I was like, hey, listen to this. Have you ever heard this before? I'm pretty sure this is how it goes. Oh, it is because I know I got a Facebook message about it, but I'm glad you're telling the story instead. (sighs) Yeah. And then uh, and then he was like, I can't stop listening to that. (laughs) Guys, we fuck like it's fuck. It's a great podcast. And I think one of the reasons it's so good is that in addition to being entertaining unto itself, it's a great conversation starter for uncomfortable topics. That you're right. A lot of people have emailed us before saying I got, I got late or I picked up somebody guy or girl because I talked about your podcast. Cause that was just like an easy in to yeah. figure out, like to talk about something. It's just an uncomfortable topic, which will, which we'll discover today yeah. uh, <laughs> when asking me about anything to do with sex. Uh, yeah. Because I'm not, I'm neither an expert nor uh, a skilled professional. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I have had sex. I, yeah. I am married and have a child. And uh, yeah, so I, you know, I can participate in the conversation, but, uh, but I will leave the, the real, the high level stuff to you guys. 
<laughs> well, I don't know much how, how much high level we can go. I don't well, know. You just did a free ad for the show at the top of the show. Yeah, that really? show, that was yeah. great. Appreciate it. I can't yeah. even believe it. Well, because when we had messaged Chris Gethard asking him to be on the podcast, he's wonderful, huge fan. Then when he wrote me back saying that he was a fan of the show, I, I she texted me and I was like, shut the we fuck up. We were losing up. our yeah. shit. And then I go, but wait, there's more. Guess how Chris <laughs> Gethard found out about the podcast. And then I said, Mike Burbiglia. And then we both fell off our chairs. <laughs> I th- I it was think, crazy. I think what hooked me in was the title. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> is, is I it- can imagine your face upon scrolling through and going, yeah, oh. Just, guy, uh, just guys, we fucked. Like, what's that? Huh. Like, <laughs> like that's at least worth listening to once right. based on the title alone. And then you listen to it and you're like, it's funny, it's unique, it's like, it's like bold. I think it's a really yeah. bold podcast. Thanks. It's like you guys are willing to just talk about anything. And even if you if it's not your field of expertise, you're just like, this is what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I think it's great. If I were you, this is what I would do. You know what? And that's just being a, a young white woman, just talking yeah. about stuff that you don't know about. That's right. And having people be like, Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> Well, this what? was a fun. This was a fun circle jerk to start. Yeah, yeah I really enjoyed oh, this. Oh God, a lot. we're all great. And we all love each good other. Ap- <laughs> we're so a, talented, you guys. Good, it's a good apartment for it. <laughs> Thank you. Some groovy reds on Thanks. the walls. Thanks. Yeah, matches the Slayer poster. Um, so what, what? What were you like as a teenager? I imagine. What was I like? Yeah, I was just a nerdy kid. I mean, I, I was. Uh, I was. You know, a good student. I always say, like, I was a good student because girls didn't like me. Um, you got a lot of time on your yeah, hands. Yeah, you got a lot of happens. time on your hands, and you're like, maybe, you know. Yeah. And so. Uh, Did I, you I, get a sex talk from your parents? Like, what no, was- no. I mean, so, I, just- so I had a Catholic upbringing. Okay. Catholic upbringing is, I, I think, in a lot of cases, no sex talk. And and just if not a fear of sex, but sort of an uncomfortableness with sex, mm. unless you're being, unless you're being assaulted by a priest, in which case you dive right it's in. So comfortable, <laughs> way too comfortable. Um, but I didn't have that happen to me, though. I, I, you know, my joke is I was an altar boy as a kid. And the answer is no, I wasn't. <laughs> I think it's because they knew I was a talker, which is a, <laughs> it's a joke, but it's kind of not. Yeah. Like, I mean, when, when I saw- Thank God you were a talker. <laughs> I know. When I saw Spotlight, it's literally the most I've ever cried in a movie. I had to stop. Oh, because you knew, yeah. you knew about like that a, environment. I felt like a survivor. Like, I was like, I know all those- priests and type of priests. And uh, yeah, I was spooked as a kid by- some priests, but I didn't. Did you get a like, I a, didn't, like a poke? No, I, well, I didn't <laughs> well, quite. Well, there'd be like things where it'd be like, Father, you know, Patrick wants to take a bunch of elder boys on a camping trip this weekend, and you know, my mom was actually very savvy and was just like, No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, that's great Mike's that your mom not doing that. <laughs> and she's my my mother's very Catholic, still goes to Catholic mass every week, and. And uh, fortunately for me, she's just also very street smart. So she kind of had it in her mind that something inappropriate might happen on this camping trip. She just didn't like. Yeah, she didn't like the sound of it. She was <laughs> like, "Well, a grown man taking kids right. camping. Like, I don't like." Well, that's that. Boy Scouts. But usually no, there's some. Right. There's usually there's more than one adult on there, though. It's not just when one lone adult wants to take a bunch of kids like for a fun thing. No, you don't. Well, that that's the other thing. It's not though, fun. It, it is what Boy Scouts is for to go camping. 
church, it's like, are you just supposed to like pray and get together every Sunday? <laughs> you don't go camping. You don't bring that in. Right. We know nothing was, about religion. But that's <laughs> nothing. It's, it's almost like what your childhood understanding of adulthood is. Like my joke about my aspirations as a kid was I wanted to be a comedian, a rapper, or the owner of a pizza restaurant where third graders could hang out. <laughs> that was when I was in third grade. I was like, that's the great business model. <laughs> Is like, I'll have this pizzeria. It'll just be for third graders. Who has I'll, money? Kids. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking like, I'm 30, I'll be 35 or so. Oh, Following yeah. in the footsteps no, I'm not of even your... Ki- I'm not even <laughs> kidding. Like, it's straight up what I thought I was going to be when I grow oh, up. Oh, my God. Because I was like, how come there's no more adults hanging out with kids? I love adults who hang out with kids. <laughs> mm. When you're in third grade, you remember like when... Because I remember there was this one priest. I won't say his last name or I, I don't know. This guy, Father, I was going to say Brian. It wasn't Brian. <laughs> Father Brian. I was going to say, I know Father Brian. He was right. an asshole. Well, he, Father Brian was like everyone's friend. He's like all of us, like all of us altar boys and whatever. We're like, Father Brian, Father Brian, he's so cool. He hangs out with us. He gets us. And then like one day we go to school because I went to Catholic school. I went to St. Mary's school in Shrewsbury, Mass. One day you go to school. Father Brian is not here anymore. He oh. is gone and no word of it no discussion why where he is never to be seen again what did you think we had no idea damn you could not if someone told me and i don't know what the real story is i still don't know if someone told me he was messing with a kid blah blah blah, i'd go what do you mean like, I don't think my childhood like brain cheating could cheating com- in a right. game? <laughs> right. I don't think I could comprehend it. I think mm. that's why Spotlight hit me so hard. Spotlight, I literally, I had to turn it off in the middle of it in the part where it's not a spoiler because it's like 30 minutes. When he goes in. to the guy's door and he didn't know? The, not that the one. That goes, one crushed that me too. Dark. No, <laughs> the, it, was, it was the diner scene where the woman, one of the, the female leads interviews the guy and he says I was raped by yeah. this priest and he describes it like and it's very human and it's very it's and it I just started crying I had to turn off the movie for about 15 minutes because I was crying hysterically I wasn't crying like oh I'm choked up mm-hmm. like I hope people get it my movie don't think twice available now in all theaters great everywhere. movie we'll talk about that Shin. <laughs> no but it wasn't like I was choked up I was I was sobbing i was like i'm a survivor of this of this epidemic mm-hmm. did you know anybody that got i've asked diddle? i've asked i've asked my friends nobody has ever said but yeah because that's one of the things when a when a man gets sexually assaulted a little boy and then they grow up that masculinity i feel like is part partly is responsible for preventing them from saying anything that's right i think if you ever seen this documentary the mask well there's there's that there's there's one called The Invisible War. Oh, I it's haven't a, seen that one. It's about rape in the mili- U.S. military. Sweet. And it's so sad. It's so devastating. Mm. I mean, it's it's so, I mean, it'll break you in half for like a month. Like it, it's hard. It's really well made and it's important. And it, I think, affected legislation, um, which is great. I think they now show it in the military, which is oh, great. That's, oh, wow. that is yeah. great. So there is a lot of, I mean, there is progress being made. But um, it's, um, yeah, to your point about masculinity, they they don't interview a lot of men who are raped. 
Um, they interview a lot of women who are ripped. I think the men just cannot get on camera. And then they say the statistics of men and it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, well, we, yeah, we say a lot. Like we get an email like almost once a day from a person who was raped and a lot of them are dudes. Yeah. A lot more guys than I than I imagine. One of them is from Boston who was uh, raped by a priest. By a priest. And he Jesus. like went into detail and I was like, oh my God, <sighs> it's hard. It's just so many. And then I, there's, have you ever watched The Hunting Ground? About rape college, on college campuses. I cannot bring myself to watch it because I can't handle it's it. It's rough, man. But you, I mean, I feel like someone like you, like you are sensitive and you get it and you're, you're not going to someone, if someone says they were raped, you're not going to be like, yeah, but like, were you? Right. You would never have that attitude, no, I don't think. And, not uh, at all. But people who do, I think they need to watch it because, oh God, it, it, it is infuriating. Well, then a lot of times it also with the military, I imagine it's a lot of man on man rape. So it's rape and then homosexuality on top of it, which makes everyone uncomfortable. Like if you are a, yeah. part of a homosexual experience and you do not identify as homosexual. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think one of the things, too, <clears throat> that about rape in our society, that's sort of a, a suppressed side of it that is starting to be unearthed recently mm-hmm. is like. I dated someone in my 20s who explained to me that she was raped. Oh, wow. And and would say the guy's name. And then later in my life, like years later, he ended up in my social circles. Are oh you that, serious? That guy. Shit. And I, so I was like, what do I do? Yeah. I what started, did- I told the people in the social circles because I was like, be careful. If you see that person with a woman, know that that could happen. Yeah. And that, and that be cautious on behalf of all the women around that guy. That guy, you know what? I'm the one who got treated like a crazy person. Oh, are you fucking serious? I'm, I am serious. It's, no, it's I, I've I've heard things about you know people, especially being a comedian. You know a lot of uh, interesting, I'll say, people, and then you hear something <laughs> from someone about one of your friends, and you're like, "Fuck, yeah. yeah, this is my friend. Do I treat my friend differently now? I didn't see my friend do this, but I believe that the, that the other person is not telling me a lie. Like, what do you do? How do you handle that? Yeah." Damn. And you got shot. Like, what did they say to you? They were just kind of like, okay, they, Mike. They, yeah. I mean, I actually, one of those, the person I'm referencing is a friend of a friend. And I've said to the, my friend of, of, of it all, like, just be careful. Yeah. Look out, be, be, be an advocate for these women who you do not know. Yeah. And he's like, he's changed, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, no, mm. I don't believe it. I, I just, I, yeah. he could have, but he also might not have. So why don't we veer on the safe side of that one? Yeah, there's yeah. nothing wrong with just keeping an eye out and yes. you just saying like, hey, heads up. Well, and thing- that person was disciplined in that. It was like oh, college, they were kicked out of college, oh, okay. et cetera. So, so it was like dealt with and it's not incumbent on me to like go to the cops or whatever. That right, person, right. that person dealt with it. That per- the woman came forward. But still, it's like we're a community of people. Yeah. If our communities cross paths, we have the responsibility to say, like, I'm not saying this to be disparaging of that person. I'm just saying, be careful on behalf of the other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the least you could do. The least you the can least. do. And yes. it's not even you're not berating the other person. You're just, yeah, that conversation has been uh, around in the comedy community recently. And it, and it seems like unless like, so you dated somebody who was raped and you probably saw the pain in her eyes when yes. she was telling you that. Crushing. I have a lot of friends that were raped and it's like you feel so helpless and you know, it's great that she went to the police or somebody went to the police school, the college, Oh, the the college, the college. Uh, 
but the hunting ground, you will learn that the colleges don't go don't, to the police they and they anything. should because they want their safety numbers to be good. Yeah. yeah. Um, anytime it, it starts affecting finances, which is the bottom line, you're not going to hear about that. Yeah. But a lot of guys recently that I know that are comedians specifically, but they just don't understand why a woman wouldn't go to the cops if she right after she was well, raped. Yeah. There's a lot I of mean, reasons. There's a lot of discussion of that. Today, yeah, and yesterday, yeah, which yeah. we could break into or not. It's no, your I podcast. Mean, no, I just, I just think it's like, well, obviously, you don't, you've never known anybody who went through that, and that's why you can't understand it. It's okay that you can't understand it. You don't have to understand everything, yeah. but just try, just believe, believe people when they yeah. say that it was a painful experience, and like, don't demean it. Absolutely, but you're you're respectful of that, and part of the reason of that, I'm sure, is because you had some a relationship with somebody who went through it. It made me cry. Yeah. Never mind what she dealt with. Was your sex life affected by that? I think so. Yeah. I think in some way. I yeah. would think. Yeah. Yeah. It's different for every person. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think listening is the most important thing that people are forgetting right now culturally because there's a lot of kind of internet noise and shouting. So it feels like everyone's yelling it's so, and it makes me dizzy. It's so maddening. And it's with race too. You know, there's yeah. a lot of like mm-hmm. black lives matter. No, every life is like, no, shut up. Just listen. <laughs> the people are just saying that they feel like no one notices when their friends are killed. Yeah. Just let them talk if that's <laughs> what they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish I could pinpoint what exactly it is about human like why people do that so much because it's it doesn't solve anything and it makes the problem so much worse and then it discredits the movement and you're like well what the fuck it's just everyone wants to be heard and people don't want to listen necessarily yeah yeah everyone thinks their opinion matters more Ugh. more right well rape it, sucks it's i mean yeah. salt and pepper covered this a long time ago opinions are like assholes everyone's got one That's it's like right. i best. mean we should have listened to that i know the 90s it's practically like, the bible <laughs> i feel like in the 90s there was a lot of great stuff going on not just salt and pepper but like it was a very uh, sexually progressive time and then we regressed and i think sarah silver and i, I mean, actually mentioned that like we've regressed in the present time the 90s were more sexually forward yeah oh, interesting it's, well there is that odd thing have you seen the statistics that that um that millennials have less sex than than oh, the really? scared. <laughs> do you think so? Yeah, sure. What do you think the We're fear busy. is? Of? I'm busy. STDs. I'm, STDs, and also, I mean, uh, for, for from a female standpoint, I mean, getting raped from a female standpoint, men, men, a lot of my good guy friends are scared of being accused of rape, so they want, don't want to go out and just have sex with someone they met on Tinder after a few drinks because. They don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, they make it. I feel like they make it more complicated because if a person is inebriated and they can't give consent, don't have sex with that person. Just cuddle. Yeah. Just cuddle. But then you think I think about all the sex I had in my 20s and it was all inebriated sex. So, I mean, yeah. Did you did you have drunk sex in college? I I was serious before. I think after college I did. Mm. I think in in college I was in like a serious committed relationship (laughs) at a a Catholic university. Um, Oh my god! Were you gonna get married? So we were gonna get married. That's what Sleepwalk with me is about. Is about this relationship. Oh, that's that relationship. Yes. Yes. Oh, Oh, what a beautiful. Was going through a real bad breakup. Yeah, it really spoke to me. We both watched it separately and then we talked about. Yeah, that movie caused a lot of breakups <laughs> really i'm not even yeah, kidding you're like oh, we're not right for each other and you've kind of realized that it. movie caused a lot of breakups and don't think twice is going to cause a lot of people to leave show business do you want to know something <laughs> after steven and i my boyfriend you met 
watch that because he kind of has a little fear of me getting successful and then leaving him. Yes, and as he after should. the movie, we're both <laughs> <laughs> after the movie, we were both crying, but we didn't want to like show the other person. And then he goes, I don't want to be stuck in the well. Oh. And, I was like, and we cried. And I was like, you won't. I'll get you out of the well. Oh, my God. And then she texted me this. And I was like, you are both too much. I can't <laughs> be a part of this. That mm-hmm. makes me so happy. Yeah. It was like oh, a very boy. cute moment. That's a good that example. Sim- similar to the thing I was saying that's great about this podcast is it got the conversation pushed. Yeah. further than it would be. It's good to have that conversation. It's good to know he's afraid of that. Yeah, it is. And it's nice. It's good to talk about it because then if you just, it gets mentioned once, you feel it, you know? Yeah. You feel that it's there. Did you ever have that in your life? The someone stuck in the well? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Have you ever been stuck in the well? I feel like I have experienced all of the characters' experiences in Don't Think Twice. Like, I feel like what who I want to be is Gillian's character. Yeah. Sam. That's who I aspire to be. That's who I wish I was. Mm -hmm. Really? Someone with fully artistic integrity and, and, (laughs) and, and no sense of like the business and that you have to keep the lights on and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, part of me of course is like Jack's character, the Keegan, Michael Key character, which is like, you know, you want it to be you. You want, I was cringing. You you want to be successful. You want to, you want your dreams to come true. And then part of me is like Miles, where it's like you were, you're bitter because you don't, you feel like there's part of you that doesn't, you don't have it. Yeah. Well, now everyone has to see the movie. Oh, this was well executed. It's such a good movie. I like when I laugh and cry during a movie. And one of my favorite scenes was just how they deal with pain with like Chris Gethard's character and just like laughing at it. Oh God, that made me so happy. Hey, is that, he didn't get there great. He's amazing. What it a was great a, actor. It was a so standout performance. Good. I don't want to like discredit anybody. It was, I was like, wow, was really get there, you just nailed it. He's yeah, legit he... a great actor. Mm-hmm. So wait, back to you in college and your yeah. committed relationship. <laughs> so my committed serious relationship was my, okay. So my freshman year in college, I, I tried to meet people and, uh, <laughs> I try. How would you try to meet people? I just well, want to know how you go up to like, a girl. No, so it would be all through friends. So I remember I lived um, in Harbin Hall at Georgetown and <laughs> I lived on the second floor, but I would always hang out on the ninth floor because my friend Jen Selene was there. <laughs> she hottie? She is. Yeah. She had a, a, a serious boyfriend, a serious, a series of serious boyfriends that year uh but uh <laughs> but, and but, you're waiting yeah, I'm over here. no no yeah i was like i I'm i've all i have been the 80s high school movie <laughs> gay best friend for most of my life <laughs> like i have been like the 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 beautiful women's friend who is like i don't know if he's for you you know what I mean? I'm here. Yeah. What? Nothing. I'm that guy. I've been that guy for like most of my life. And uh, yeah, so then my friends, Jen and Heather, were on the ninth floor and I would hang out with them. And then they would try to like set me up with people. They'd be like, oh, this person would be good for you. This person would be good for you. And then it would be kind of like it just it was a lot of not fitting. I think part of it, honestly, is just I I don't I I think I'm an eccentric personality. I don't think that. 
I'm for you're for charmingly everyone. awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're very Thank you're, you. and you're you're very genuine. You're you're very honest about your awkward. You're like mm-hmm. like yeah. you're not frumpy. You're not you very. It's a very unique. <laughs> Who I know said frumpy. I know Biglia, not, not frumpy. <laughs> yeah, I guess me say <laughs> let's talk about what I'm frumpy. not. Let's list <laughs> off definitely a not one time. Well, I, I felt like my impression was a little frumpy, so that's why I wanted to clarify. <laughs> there was a, when when Trainwreck came out, there was a Boston Globe review which is where I'm from that called me um, <laughs> Mike Birbiglia is Brie, plays Brie Larson's blob of a husband and I was like blob? <laughs> like you wouldn't describe food as a blob like without it being a little insulting right. yeah. you wouldn't be like a blob of mashed potatoes you'd be like a flourish of mashed potatoes <laughs> so <laughs> I guess the 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 point is is that uh yeah I'm a, I'm a, I'm I've never and then in my 20s like I would I would meet people and it would just never I would meet women and it would just never quite click until I met my wife and then it was really it was that thing Jake Johansson has this great bit about falling in love which is the one of the shortest punchlines of all time it's barely a joke even though it's my favorite joke which is <laughs> He says, uh, so I fell in love. Fuck. <laughs> that's great. And I think that that's how I felt when I met my wife, Jen, which is just, I think she and I both had that where we're like, oh, fuck, this this person's going to be, this is it. Don't you kind of know right away? If I think like, so. Yeah. Because you never felt that before with any other person? Nope. Nope. Why did your, how was being in an exclusive relationship in college? Like, how did you meet and what kind, what was she like? I met her at a theater party. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I went to a lot of theater parties yeah, uh, in she college. Was, she was in the nomadic theater company. Theater people are very sexual. She was in the nomadic theater company, which Bradley Cooper was in. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. And she fancy. shows Mike Birbiglia. That's right. That's right. Fuck yeah. That's the sequence of events. Let's get, <laughs> let's get that on Wikipedia. <laughs> Bradley Cooper was like, do you want to go out? And she's like, no, I'm busy. No. Dude, I'm Mike. busy. Um, yeah, and I was in the Georgetown Players Improv Group, and then uh, I was at a party, and I and I and I met her, and and uh, you know asked her out on a date, and then we were together for like honestly, like, I think like six years. Or something Whoa, like yeah, it's pretty wild. But wow. you never thought? Did you ever think that she was the one for people who haven't seen the movie? <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did. Okay. Yeah. So I've had I. This is the one twice in my life. Yeah. But what and, was your thought process in figuring out that she wasn't the one? Or you weren't each other's I, people. Yeah. I, I I mean it's you can see Sleepwalk with me, it's on Netflix, but uh for <laughs> people listening to this. Shameless. But, well but it's it's more eloquent than I will say right now, probably. Okay. Which is to say that I think what happened was our 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 paths just became clearly divergent and mm-hmm. she wanted to get married and have children, and I really feared that for so long. I mean, I Why? have a daughter now. I, I, she's 15 months old and I'm so glad we, uh, you know, I love her and I love my wife and I love our life together. But I think what I feared is, you know, I used to make this joke in my early album. On my early album, I say, I don't want to have kids until I'm sure that nothing else good can happen in my life. Yeah. And that's a fear. That's I guess a, it that is. That was a deep fear of mine for a long, long time. And then, And then, you know, having a kid now, having a daughter now, you go, oh, it's not nothing good will ever happen. It's just that there's a certain added complexity that is both better and in some ways and worse in some ways, but it also 
it also widens your field of vision in this way that you would have never How so? experienced. You just, you don't, you, you understand. It's not even that you um, are, I think the fallacy of having children is that you're not selfish anymore. It's like, no, 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 we're all selfish. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like people with kids are selfish. They have it's to, just you have to you're be. It's just, se- you're, you're, it's like you're selfish with limits. Yeah. Like you're like, you're selfish, but also you might want to make sure this little baby stays alive. <laughs> yeah. You got to feed. Because feed then, yeah, you got to feed the baby. You don't want to be and, an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And so th- it does, it opens your mind up to honestly, like for me of just judging parents, which really? I, I used to do. I used to just be like, get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> like in your, You and your fucking kid. In your stroller. <laughs> they take up so much space in the street. Oh, wow. You're more judgy towards parents than like, I, I, I don't, have you, are you judgy towards parents? Oh God, I don't think children should be allowed in New York City. <laughs> no, okay. I, feel, I feel, I feel that way. It's about, not a place for kids. <laughs> I feel that way about children and old people. I'm always like, why are oh, you here? Agreed. At a certain point, you just can't, it's a oh. walking city. You can't do it anymore. I get angry at a lot of people for a lot of things that I don't know, like strangers on the street. But if it's an old person, it's just for some reason I can't get mad. You love old people their knees and don't kids. Work. I love dogs. I don't know what that's just. Dogs could be everywhere. I don't care. They could be in restaurants. I want it to be France, like but, where they can drink out of my teacup. But I agree with you on that. <laughs> Because dogs are nimble. <laughs> dogs True. will jump out of the way. Like if you're like. Dogs bar- are smarter. If you're, yeah. If you're barreling down the street on like a bike, <laughs> the dog's going to get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. As, whereas the old lady is going to Old lady is going to yeah, yeah. hit her and you're like, fuck you. You should have gone out of the way. Yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying. And a dog's not going to curse you out also. That's So true. that's helpful. So, so I ended up being kind of serially monogamous in my life twice. Um, Before your wife. No, no, no. Oh, twice with the second including one. my year. wife. Yeah. Um, because I think that's just what I'm inclined towards. Like yeah. I think I I in some ways I'm lucky that I was I didn't come up in the dating scene in the Tinder era. I'm glad too. Because I didn't because I yeah. would be terrible at that. Yeah. But well, you have a Thrinder, lot of stories. Thrinder is bad enough, but What's just that? swiping. You have a lot of stories. Like for dates, you'd be I feel like you would be an interesting date because you would be a good speaker. <laughs> Judging by your face, you don't think that about yourself? I mean, do you act different than how you're acting I now? I just feel like you don't bullshit. Uh, you weren't like, yes. oh, it's hot out. Like, That's you're going to good... talk about something more interesting. Yeah, I'm going to dig in pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. That's you're more like, like this. Exactly. Jump right Like, in. this would be a good date, for mm-hmm. example. Right. You're but comfortable most, being but vulnerable. Most, but let's let's be honest. Most dates are not like this. That's, That's why true. I hate dates. I don't want to. I don't care where you went to school. It doesn't matter to yeah. me. I'm like, what? What? Like, what makes you feel? What makes? What you makes you tick? Right. What's I mean, the I worst like thing that's happened to you? <laughs> yeah. I ask people gnarly questions when I first meet them, but then they tell me the answers. So that's good. Yeah, because I don't want to talk about something stupid. Yeah. When you get that shirt, I don't care. Like, but I think that what happens is if you if you go on a deep dive, I think that's like a Pete Holmes term. But if you go on a deep, <laughs> like on a deep, it sounds dive like a Pete Holmes right term. away. I think a lot of people are judgmental of you for doing that. They're uh, like, really? Oh, they're kind of oh. like, whoa, easy. Like, I don't want a deep dive with you immediately. Oh. People that are like, this very girl sexual, must be fucked maybe. up. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got maybe a lot I should uh, ease back. Yeah. No, no, I really don't ease back. In. I think you're right. I'll be like going to CVS and like talking to the lady behind the pharmacy about like periods. That's, but like, you know, I don't know. Isn't no, that that's what she's that's there? What, that's what I'm like. That's my my <laughs> wife. Make, well, not about periods, but my wife makes fun of me all the time because I will just strike up a conversation with 
anyone literally anyone yeah <laughs> you're gonna yeah it's like you're already like my grandpa did that like yeah. he just talked to every single person i was like i like that my mom always my mom's like that too my dad always makes fun of my mom he always goes your mother would talk to a doorknob <laughs> and it's like I, she'd probably get a lot out of that i know i'm guilty of that too what have you ever had a one night stand yeah sure really yeah i mean i think i had a handful of those in my 20s that were like fine the problem yeah. is like i they're not like i i always felt like oh this is like we both feel bad somehow. <laughs> really? No, like, yeah, like, like I would want to call the, I would always be like, maybe we'll have coffee in the morning, but that's not the cool move. I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's so, there's dating politics and one night stand politics is just so complex. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, they are. And even like friends that I would like hook up or not friends, but people I would hook up with, I would always feel like bummed out in the morning. I don't know why I'm not, I wasn't upset that I did it, but I'm like, well, this is the end. We were just very close and now we're going to not talk to each other for a long time. It's That's sad. weird. Yeah, it, it is a little sad. It's like the death of our well, you, closeness. You know what it's like <laughs> is like, I was writing this thing recently that's kind of half-baked right now, but it's like, like for me, one night stands fall into the realm of like dark joy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's joyful. But then like once the joy goes away, it's just dark. Yeah. Like heroin or? Yes, like heroin, <laughs> That's what it's for example. The same sounds like. Yeah, but it is. It's like there's something. And then and then my life right now is sort of light joy in the sense of like, it's like the things I get excited are about are like, Una said banana. You know what I mean? Like she said pancake. And it's, it's stuff I would make fun of people for. Right. right. <laughs> I would for years. And you guys are probably judging me right now. Oh, hard. But, e no, but you, with light joy, when the joy goes away, eh, you can still see your fingers. <laughs> what? Like the lights are still on. Oh. You know what I mean? Like it's still, I was like, because they're up inside. Still, so what no, you no, no. It's still light out. I was like, damn, are you making a really dirty joke right now? No, no. I'm impressed. But no, it's, it's, no, but it's, uh, I don't know. That's sort of a half-baked concept of light joy versus dark joy. But yeah. there's upsides and downsides of both. There are. I try. I, I didn't have, find a lot of upsides in the, the hookups that I have, but that's because I just like having a connection with somebody and I don't like losing that right away. Well, how about a fuck buddy, though? Have you ever had a fuck buddy? That's what I'm, I don't like one night stands either. I've only had one, but I've had tons of fuck buddies. I think I had... I in my twenties I dated someone for a long time who I would not say we were dating. And you in called her a fuck buddy? No, and no, I didn't. Oh. I just wouldn't say we were girlfriend boyfriend. And like you it, wouldn't say it at the time, or even now in retrospect, you don't. No, that was not a relationship. in retrospect, I'm like, no, that oh. was my. No, we were dating. And <laughs> were I'm you and in I'm a, and I'm a jerk. Yeah, oh, okay, you're, I was in you're the okay. You're the I'm the jerk. I'm the guy who I I came off of my relationship with my college girlfriend and I was like I am never doing that again and so then I met this other person who we really connected with mm -hmm. who I really connected with and we were like kind of off and on for like a year or so and it, and, and I was like but we are not you know that thing? oh god did you yeah. say that to her I did I'm what the did she worst. say I'm literally the worst really you're the worst I, wa I, I, <laughs> was, or I that was, was the worst that's not the worst thing I just you can think do, well but... Dr. Drew says men in their 20s are the worst people in existence okay. have you ever heard that no but I no but I, I thought agree. it <laughs> yeah I just thought in my especially head. men by the way well, you're you you have that fellow he's great and he's, he's great in his are, you, are you single no I have a boyfriend you have a boyfriend mm-hmm I, I'm, I feel happy for you guys because I think men in their twenties 
in New York City are particularly the worst. Well, I'm also 30, so I'm out of that. Oh, Thank right. God. You just popped that. Yeah. I dated. I, there was a lot of dating for me in New York, and it was something. Well, it's something because it's like a bunch of narcissists. Yeah. And but also that you're playing, you're doing this dance where you pretend you don't like each other because no one wants to be vulnerable. And it's a game of vulnerable chicken. And you just wait for someone to admit it first so that you could both be happy and move on. You know what I mean? Like I've liked a lot of guys and vice versa. The guy is like me, but we're too stubborn to Mm, but I don't know. beyond vulnerability, I think the problem in New York is that there you always think someone better is going to come along. That's yes, the New York that's problem. The problem. So many hot people. Yes. That's exactly what it is. And, you know, I think also, I think Sex in the City did a great disservice. <laughs> oh, God, yes. To America. Uh, 100%. Even though it's a good show. It's entertaining, and it's very not funny. helpful. It's mm-hmm. entertaining, not helpful. Exactly. Yes. Well, looking back at it's it, well, I'm like. It's well written. It's well uh, acted. But it kind of sold women on this idea that New York yeah. is just like teeming with men <laughs> who are a bu- it's of, like a buffet are a seems, buffet yeah. of men and it's not Mm-mm. well that's how I learned about sex is sex in the city and Cosmo magazine and it, and then you get here and you're like oh uh, no yeah. it's a lot it's a lot more difficult or it's I don't know it's just weird There's, that's why I think Lena did a good job with girls in the sense of like I think Adam Driver is actually, his character is like a good example of what men are more like. I I recently watched the pilot episode again. I rewatched the pilot because I love watching pilots after I've like gotten into a series. And I'm like, God, he was the weirdest. I've I've done that with that guy so many times. And I don't, you just kind of go along with it because you're like, this is weird. Is this weird? I think this is weird. And then you you step out of it and you're like, what the fuck? Oh God, I've done such dumb shit like that. Have you, did you ever have like, did you ever fall for a girl and then you didn't realize that she was maybe a little Looney Tunes? A little nuts. Yeah. I had that happen a bunch of times. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or not a bunch, but a, definitely a couple times where I was like, oh, like someone's in my social circle. And I was like, I wonder what it would be like to date that person. And then eventually, like, I asked them out. And then I'm like, oh, oh. this is not a fit at all. <laughs> <laughs> did they person- like you back more than you like them? I don't know if it's liking as much as just like desperately needing someone yeah. and realizing like, I cannot be that person for you. Right. How I do you can break see you that? Like, I can see you like falling for like a manic pixie dream girl kind of a thing. And then be like, this is like, so adventurous. I'm trying new things. She's had that so- happen like once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> What's really? the weirdest thing you ever did with someone where, you, where you're like doing it and you're like, I can't believe I'm fucking doing this right now. Not sexually, even just like going to a dumb class or uh, some kind of conference. <laughs> I just remember this one time I I met this girl who was like in my social circle for a bit. And then um, we went out a couple times and then we hooked up and then there was she like took out a piano and just started like playing songs <laughs> Where, for me that she wrote, like she at her apartment. Out. Oh, okay. <laughs> she I was like, damn, that's out. a big pocket. She took out, we were at Carnegie Hall. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of the scene in Home Alone where we a homeless lady takes him out to the attic. We and- were at a Fiona Apple concert <laughs> and uh, she just jumped <laughs> on stage and started playing. She tapped Fiona like, on the shoulder. Tom, you're embarrassing me. Move no, over. <laughs> that was like an odd one where it was like, oh, like you just need... <laughs> Like she An started audience. playing like originals. You, yeah, you know, like she. Oh. I'm not kidding. Was it good? No, no. it was yeah. not. And it it's was. I like, can tell by your face. And yeah. It was, and it was tough because it was like, 
oh, you like you said, you need an audience. Yeah. And I can't, I can't be the full audience. Well, it's such a turnoff too when someone's like, mm-hmm, they go to like show off and it's not good. And it's just so uncomfortable because you don't want to tell them. But they'll find out eventually. Well, you know what's funny is I opened for Mitch Hedberg a handful of times. Oh my god, I love in, him. in my twenties, and he—that's amazing. He wow. It, yeah, I was very lucky to have <laughs> met him at all. But um, and he said a thing to me once that I thought was very wise. He said, "Never, sh- never show your girlfriend your notebook." <laughs> and I thought it's like a wise way of looking at it. You, in other words, your rough drafts right. of what your jokes are. Uh, right. Because, and that's the same she thing. She won't as have like, sex with you anymore. <laughs> right. Because it's like, you don't want to, you kind of don't want to show people like your crappy version of stuff. Yeah. You I, want them to wait I, until they see the good version. Yeah. And then that's maybe in a few months you could show them. My boyfriend is banned from club rooms when I'm, when I'm doing, when I'm working on jokes a hundred percent. And he can't understand that. Your show, by the way, was so fun. I did your show like. Oh, Glenn that was her show. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm Zink sorry. Bar. Jesus, yeah. Mike. God. I don't know. <laughs> I think you know a person. Um, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a, yeah, oh, you were great because you tried out all you tried out all the new stuff that you had written on the note cards. I was yeah. there. I just watched. Yeah, it was great. Oh, okay. Um, I was like, you're, I'm looking at you, going, I'm sure I saw you. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, you guys. We were talking. talked more than you talked okay. to her, but it was great. her show. Great. I was running great. around. Understood. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get this um, very straight. But uh, that show was so fun. Thanks. What yeah, Clarence great is... audience and like, yeah, what a blast. They're podcast people, and they yeah. all like a lot of them don't go out to see live comedy a lot, so they really. I, I, I it, it is my hope that they it, that gets them to want to see live comedy more because it's such a great when it's good it's so good. But you know what's what was weird about being single for, for my twenties was like I never I was always working out new material like I was at Glamour Puss that night, mm-hmm. and so I would never come off stage and be the person who women were like, I want to talk to that guy. Cause I was always just kind of like, a <laughs> a work B, in I, was, yeah, I was like a B plus on stage. You know what I okay. mean? Because I'm always working on new material as opposed to, and we all know who these people are. They have their set that they've been doing. That's an A set. They've been doing it for 10 years. It absolutely crushes. The sole intent of it is so that women come up to them after the show. Yeah. And then they- <laughs> Is that the sole intent? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think. But what, what, what I know women who do that. So what's their No intent? one comes up. Women, we never get dudes. Yeah. I've never. Man, and I try to encourage, like, I love when women hit on men. Like, I'll hit on men. I don't care. Like, I, I enjoy hitting on men. But no one ever comes out to us after. Really? Yeah. I got a couple stalkers, but that's about it. I yeah. didn't even get a stalker. Lucky. Mm. Yeah, I think. Kidding. Well, I think we discussed this. I think you just don't know because you're too friendly, so you don't realize yeah. when someone's talking. Oh man, you. I've been on so many accidental dates. But you guys have boyfriends, so you're not like. What would you say? Well, I mean, I've only had a boyfriend for like six months. Well, I. I mean, I still flirt with people. We both flirt with people, right? Because that's you gotta. I, sure, I mean, I, yeah. I want, I yeah. gotta, and I like when he flirts with other people. It kind of turns me on. So that's like a separate thing. Sure. But um, it's an episode. Yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> You know, I like flirting with, I'm not going to hit on somebody and like ask them out because mm-hmm. that that's not appropriate. But, you know, it just, I just always see it with dudes when they get off stage, like that's where they get yeah. the puss. And then when women get off stage and they crush, no, no dick. Yeah. Or at least what, from what I've seen. No dick. Really? Yeah. That's very surprising. I have heard that before from female comics. But yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's happened. The only other people who will hit on you are, are comics. Well, you know, there's all these theories of, people have about about female comics. I mean, I'll, let me preface this by saying my fa- a lot of my favorite comics working are 
female comics like yeah. Kathleen Madigan and Ugh. Maria Bamford, Sarah Silverman, <sighs> Nikki Glaser. Like, I just think there's so many brilliant female comics. Yeah. But I have heard this concept that like one of the reasons women have a hard time as stand-ups is that there's certain men who are so bullheaded that they don't, in the audience, who don't want to admit that a woman is funnier than them. Yeah. And so they feel intimidated mm-hmm. on dates mm. that they're like, that they're the, that they're the sort of alpha of the relationship, so to speak. Yeah. They're the funny one. Yeah. And that you can't get them to laugh because somehow that admits to their date that the woman on stage is funnier than them, yeah. which is obviously the most sexist sort of imaginable point of view. But I think that that's a decent take on what female comics struggle with uh, yeah. sometimes with audiences, particularly tough audiences. Yeah, and I've, I've thought that for not, a long not time. Not your audiences. Your, your audiences well, are Our audiences are like hot 21-year-old yeah. chicks. They're like, let's go. I'm like, yes. wow, I feel like Justin Bieber. But but I, you're like rough and tumble, like one a one-nighter in West Virginia audiences. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Well, I fought that in my head a lot, but then I'm like, am I just making excuses? You know, because you never want to... Because no, sometimes I'll go up on dudes, stage. I think there's some dudes who don't want women to be funny. Yes, and it feels that way. And you like, I'll, I'll look them in the eye, and I'll be like, "Bro, laugh, let it out." Like it seems you could almost feel them holding themselves back from enjoying the show. And but and then in my head, I'm like, maybe it's just me because I, I don't want to like make excuses for myself. Like, oh, I should just be funnier. But I do think that 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 is the case a lot of the time. But then you get someone like Maria Bamford who like because she's so who she is, her audiences like me and like my wife and I go to see her whenever she's at like Caroline's or the town hall or wherever are just fanatical. Like you look around and you're like, not only do people like Maria Bamford here, Mm -hmm. they fucking love her and think she's the best comedian on earth. She's, ugh, ugh, when we saw her, I saw all those women that you mentioned. I saw them at Just for Laughs and I was like, I I can't go up to women. I can go up to men comics that I admire and say hi and it's fine. I can't, I have like a bigger crush on female comics and I can't talk to them. I'm like, they're going to hate me. They're not going to, oh my God. Like I get, I have this like fear. Of well, there's just also there. I mean, I, for me, there's like a power that you can use with a straight man where you can use the power of sexuality to make them like automatically be feel okay like, with you. I don't feel that I'm using it though, but I I must it's be. There, I, yeah. It's probably there. Yeah. So for a woman, they're really like, how, why can you like me? <laughs> You can't. Can you just like me? What's based in on, it for you? On me? That's not possible. It's also awkward just approaching comedians in general when you're a young comedian. Yeah. And also, we're yeah. just not approachable folks. We're not I approachable am. folks. <laughs> no, like, you're right. Why force people? I hug people way too early. Oh wow, that's the thing I do, and they're like, "Oh, okay." I'm like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> yeah, I'm just really awkward. There's something about like who have you guys gone up to of comics who you've admired, and it's gone like okay. It's gone oh, okay. It's okay. I mean, David Tell's always on and off. That was my like my number one. It's like I for ten years I had waited to meet David Tell. Yeah, and I've met him now a bunch of times now that he like will knows who I am and can wave at me when I walk that's past nice. the cellar, and that's great because he he's asks such about a kind, him a podcast all the time, and I'm like, yeah, oh, thank you for caring. He's so Aww. kind, but it's so like you're like, oh my god, this is. And if David Tell as a comedian doesn't like he David Tell's my favorite, he's amazing. I'm like, ah, oh, god damn it! Like if he doesn't like me, oh, just kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of do right? feel like that. So how'd you break in? Um, I don't know. I think I, mean, I went up to him. At times and it was asked awkward. Him to bum a cigarette. We used to straight up stalk David Tell. I oh, mean, did you? I smoked like f- three cigarettes in a row. I don't smoke. Right, just to be around. Just to, and I was like joking. <laughs> and I was made my friend stand with me. I was like, stop it. We're gonna. I'm gonna keep smoking until David Tell comes out here and smokes too. And I mean, it worked. It worked. <laughs> 
but he's actually he's so he's cool. bizarrely nice so sweet mm-hmm. for as misanthropic well, and like, hilarious like, as his comedy is yeah but he and he takes weird turns like last time i saw him outside he was like oh did you fuck that guy you fuck that guy you fuck that guy christina i'm like hush <laughs> well yeah because sometimes Shut he's up, very Dave. talkative and sometimes he's very quiet and you never <laughs> yeah. know which dave you're gonna yeah. get and it's a thrill and then when he's quiet you have to make the jokes but then you don't want to make jokes in front of david tell because what the fuck joke am i one time make? i tried to make a joke and he told me he's like that wasn't funny try it again and i was like <laughs> oh my god i'm gonna cry <laughs> the funny thing i was on tour with him with train wreck last summer it was me and him and colin quinn amy and uh amy schumer and vanessa bayer mm-hmm. and, and and judd apatow does vanessa do stand-up yeah, yeah oh, she's awesome. great she's so, she's cool. so funny but uh but it was my birthday on the tour and Dave was the only person who got me a birthday present. He's what very thoughtful. He got me like a writing notebook. It was really Aww. sweet. And I was like, will you sign it? Oh, did he? And so he did. Aww. So I have this writing notebook that's signed by David Tell. Yeah, that's he's really kind. Cute. He's always giving money to homeless people like outside. Oh, the yeah. like he's very, very generous and thoughtful. Have you ever been nervous to meet somebody and fucked it up? Oh my God, so many people. Really? Have you ever had an awkward... Well, I my the first the I think the person who absolutely floored me meeting was Mitch Hedberg first time. Yeah, that's I was, I was middling for him, opening for him. If people don't know the term middling, uh, you were the second on, comic on a sexual and... sexual theme podcast. Is, <laughs> he uh, was behind you, and yes, then yeah, exactly. <laughs> the opener was in front of you, and uh, which was his wife, Lynn Shawcroft. Yeah. But, uh, that's not helping the analogy. Hey, three ways but, are fun. It's fine. But uh, but I was asked. By the club owner at Joker's Comedy Club, the former, the former Dayton Joker's Comedy Club, um, to to pick him up at his hotel, and so I picked up him and his wife, and uh, I was just in shock that I would ever. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's what's wild about the comedy business is like you end up meeting these people who you never in your wildest dreams would imagine speaking to. Yeah. So, and that was that's so early on. That's amazing. Yeah, that was like so you kind of got used to that two or something like that. Damn, <laughs> I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> How long have you been and, doing? And then, and then I went on to open for uh, David Tell, Mitch Hedberg, and Lewis Black. Damn, for like six or seven shows on the comedy, the first ever Comedy Central live theater tour. Oh wow, Ooh, which is wild. That's a good gig. Yeah, it was. This is I ended up on that because I wanted to get tickets to it. <laughs> Well, and that's so how I, you do it. And so I called the booker, Jeff Wills, who was booking the tour. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, can I get tickets to this? And he was like, actually, I'll do oh you God. one better. If you can open, if you can get yourself there and put yourself up. So I was like this well, kind of shit. losing money, like working on a, at a deficit kind of yeah. thing, opening for this it's tour. Worth it, though. Oh, it was unbelievable. Did did women come up to you guys afterwards? Like when you were single, have you ever? Did you ever uh, flirt with a fan and go home with a fan? I think that happened. <laughs> so yes, I think that did yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah, I think that happened a few times, but. Uh, yeah, it was always like fine. But, yeah, but it's not. I don't think it's super healthy. Right. Well, it's it's and it's not for everybody because I feel like I know a lot of comedians that like really love like some some of my friends will like go outside purposefully to be like right yeah. right. Well, you see you see that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been a like a comedy teacher? Have you ever taught comedy? No, I play one in the movie. Well, that's and why that, I was asking because that it, power dynamic exactly. I've seen. Yeah, I mean, I all never, the time. Yeah, my my character in Don't Think Twice is is Miles. He's an 
he's like an improv teacher who's like bitter and old old he's my age yeah <laughs> and uh and like a womanizer of his students and he's kind of like the most despicable character in the film yeah which is uh I don't know. Fun to play. Yeah. Well, play, uh, you know, you said part of you is in every person. Is part of you that? No, I never. I never taught and I never like engaged this. Uh, my first manager was this guy, Lucian Hold. Oh, you met Lucian. I know Lucian. Yeah. 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 When he, he passed away what many years ago. But he, yeah. But he was Lucian the, Hold. he was the, the, the booker on the, at the comic strip on the Upper East Side oh. for years since the okay. 70s. Like he passed like Seinfeld and stuff. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And like Chris Rock and like a lot of those people were lo- really loyal to Lucian over the years. But he always said, and it's a bit of a sexist remark, but if you if you apply it to both genders, then it's not. He always said, uh, <laughs> "That's how you fix sex." Right. Oh, that's how you fix sex. Oh, oh dear. Oh god. <laughs> what? Oh wait. And then Shit. it all died. <laughs> that oh. was the ghost of Lucian. Wow. Lucian we'll really did not want to be called sexist. <laughs> well, the the one so sexist creepy. experience in comedy was at the comic strip. For oh, really? The owners, yeah. Oh. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing. I think everyone's, everyone's sexist experience in comedy <laughs> was at, at the, the comic, comic strip. Oh. Yeah. I mean, the, it, it wasn't the worst but thing. But I want to say what he said. Yeah, yeah what he said. Yeah. He said that he goes that comedians, there's comedians who do it for the women and there's comedians who do it for the art. And he said to me, you're one of the comedians who does it for the art. And I think that that's going to endure for you. And, I, and that's true. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's true. I think that the comedians who do it, we, or the men. But I, that's a thing. I don't think that, women that, don't that do wasn't for dick. Yeah, that wasn't a sexist statement. I, okay. All the women are just doing it for the art because we love art. Yeah, because women are like really in so, the integrity I think and you shit. just misinterpreted you're like Sam. that. You're like Sam in the movie. You have a lot I, of artistic integrity. I don't know any woman who does comedy for the dick. Oh, interesting. Most but of us you? do it for but just sir, depression. Yeah, right. <laughs> Most of us do it to keep but, from sitting on the knife. <laughs> I don't, but a lot of people do. Yeah. Wow. Well, you, but you were, you're doing it because of your mom's depression, I think. Oh yeah. So depression does have a a factor in it. Yeah. There you go. My mom was bipolar and I was like, be happy mom. And I was just trying to make her laugh my whole life. I I relate to that. (laughs) Really? Did you have a bipolar parent? No, but my dad was always like in sort of, I always felt my dad bad bad moods my whole life. And, and I, and my mom was always sort of cheery and I would sort of like, I feel like I was always entertaining my mom mm. to some degree. To distract from your dad's being grumpy mood. Being kind of shouty and, and, and nuts. Yeah. But um, yeah, but I, yeah, no. So I, but then again, there's, I don't know. There's a part of all, any performer or any artist of any kind who is doing whatever they're doing. The reason you start is like this look at me. Oh, I mean that's uh, what stand up is sort of kind narcissism. Of. And then at a certain point I think you're you stop and go like, "Wait, there's more here." You can yeah, once you understand the power of it and the potential of it yes. and how you could use it, and then your goals change cuz you want to invoke the, when you see good comedy you're like, "Oh fuck, like that's so I want to be able to do that." Yeah, and you you feel like you want to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like uh, I found like I had a breakthrough like 10 years ago where I started telling stories on stage and tell, instead of just jokes. And I was like, oh, I feel a human connection to these strangers mm. beyond just laughter. Like they're actually like listening and taking it in and seeing 
their lives through that lens that I'm describing my story. And there's something profound about that. And you're like, oh, I'm actually contributing to something. Yeah, it feels really good. Which does feel good, yeah. So do you have a a hard time connecting with people out off stage? Because it seems like, you know, with the serial monogamy that you wouldn't, but... I'm, I, let me think on that. No, I think I do. I think I, I'm okay at connecting with people, mm-hmm. but but I do think like, I don't know. I think it's a, I like connecting with strangers. Yeah. I, I, it's like that thing that people say, like strippers sometimes say, I don't want to strip in front of people I know. Like I want to strip in front <laughs> do of strippers strangers. Do strippers say that? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Never heard anybody use that line. I'm just going to. I don't strip in front of people I know. I mean, that just seems like a logical yeah, thing. Like, but, yeah, I don't. Just, yeah, maybe it's just that. Maybe I'm I don't ne- strip at Christmas. <laughs> like, <laughs> Thanksgiving break, I don't strip because I see everybody. Uh, but I maybe mean, that's not something. I feel like I've I mean, heard that before. It, the notion makes sense. I don't want to. Well, I don't want to strip in front of anybody, but especially people I know. I love doing comedy in front of strangers versus people I know. I love, so. I love like, I'm on Orange is the New Black. And the funniest thing is like, I get tons of black strangers coming up to me now because they watch that show. And it's great. <laughs> that's because, never happened. Because that's never happened. Black people <laughs> never noticed just, you. No, because I just have tons of like white fans, and it dri- <laughs> I, which drives me crazy. I know. Like, yeah, I want to yeah. have black fans. I want to have. A like, mix. I want to have, to be honest, I want old fans, young fans. I want like the widest swath of, you know, unique, interesting people in the audience. And un- unfortunately, like I do, I, I always wish there were more. Actually, one of the upsides of, of, of this past movie, Don't Think Twice, is I think, I don't know, but I think because of Keegan-Michael Key is biracial, mm-hmm. I think there's more black audience members that I've noticed at the, at the movie when I go do Q&As. And I'm just like, this is great. Yes. It feels more just like a, a, a connected human experience when it's a more diverse audience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like a more you, accurate representation of society as well. Much more. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fucking white people. It's like, <laughs> really? Well, yeah. You all had to come. No. <laughs> white people. Well, I saw the movie with almost exclusively old people in Denver, Colorado at Did a matinee. Really? Yeah. At the Mayan? Yes, at the Mayan. Absolutely. That's nice. I went there a few weeks ago. It was just me and a bunch of blue hairs yeah that's great yeah that's who goes to movies yeah yeah. at two o'clock in the afternoon absolutely yeah Yeah. (laughs) yes what's the weirdest sexual experience you've ever had huh (laughs) um (laughs) i think it would have to be the first time i had sex how was that how old were you 19 okay because my girlfriend at the time was uh it was my college girlfriend and mm-hmm. she had had sex and was not a virgin. And I was a virgin. You told her, I'm assuming. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you want that, your heads up. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, con- <laughs> I feel like done you, don't, that before? you don't conceal that one. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, girls do a lot. I girls think do a lot. I've, I've, is that the, right? The mm-hmm. ones that we've heard from. Yeah. Or they don't know if they should tell. I'm like, it's not a big deal. Like I, I would want the person to know. Yeah. Just so that they know. But it was brutal. Maybe you gotta show me a few things. I think here's the mistake we made, and let this be a let this be a lesson to the listeners. Yeah. (laughs) First timers. We like made a thing of it. Like we went to a bed and breakfast in like in like North Carolina or something. But it's no Do you good. travel don't to have sex? Don't odd. But yeah, I yeah. did the same thing. And then yours, I think, is going to turn out not good, but mine turned out good. Mine, ter- <laughs> mine turned out terribly, yeah. which is 
I was, it's performance anxiety. I lost my erection. Did, uh, it how far in? Didn't work. Like, you know, like early on. And <laughs> like then, a minute in? Yeah, yeah, sure. A couple minutes in. And then it like kind of didn't sort of happen. And then we sort of lied there in disgust. And then. Did, uh, was there, there was insertion? Like yes, there was, okay. Yes. But just for like a little bit. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. That's it was so weird bad. that guys it was like get. really, really bad. Because it was, in, it was that. I, my whole life, I, I feel like I had that, not my whole life. I mean, up until age 19, I feel like I had that Catholic sort of fear of sex of like, what is it? Did you have- What a, happens? Were you, you know? the kind of Catholic that felt guilty masturbating? Because a lot of people yeah. told us that and that yeah. specifically with Catholic yeah, upbringings. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Hmm. I don't have that fear anymore. anymore. Yeah, Thank yeah, God. Yeah. Free masturbation. <laughs> Do you masturbate a lot, Mike? No, no, no. But I really? thought that would be a good joke. Really? You don't? You don't like, masturbate? No, absolutely not. A lot? No, but you know well, what's I, funny is Pete, busy. Pete Holmes swore it off. Did you know that? I did hear that. He talked about it on his podcast. He swore it off. I thought that was smart. Is I've the sex it, better? I, I've sworn it off from time to time. I think it is. I mean, I've, my wife and I, since we've had our child, I mean, it's a, having a child is a little bit like a fire drill all the time. Like you're just yeah. constantly running around being like, what do I do? What's happening? What's going on? Is everyone alive? <laughs> <laughs> and so there's a there's less sex uh, overall, but somehow better sex. Like you oh, feel really? Like, yeah, because you feel like you're having sex sort of under like this dictatorship or something. And it's kind of hot. Yeah, there's something <laughs> like, hot Like, don't about let them it. catch us. Yes. Yeah. I thought you were going to say because you had such a strong bond because you created life together, but I guess not. No. <laughs> so cheesy. No, but we, but there's this, also this weird thing of like is... When you have a kid, you because I have a serious sleep disorder, so I can't sleep in the same room as my wife and daughter. Because I jumped through a second story yeah. window sleepwalking. Sleepwalk you with me is on Netflix. It's a great and, movie. Uh, do you uh, still do that? I do. Yeah. I mean, it, you can't. There's no cure for it. Ooh, that's so sucks. all you can do is take medication. I sleep in a sleeping bag. I mean, it's not ideal. It's my it's my thing. You, don't, you know what I mean? Have like you it's ever? A, it's the cross I bear. Slept with your wife. <laughs> to compare in the same myself bed? to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Jesus had some difficulties as well. Yeah, we all no. have our struggles, <laughs> and yours. His was a cross. <laughs> nails in his arms. Um, and mine is I sleep in a sleeping bag. But um, yeah. So my wife and I sleep in the same bed. But when she sleeps in the other room with with our baby, sometimes. That I we do not sleep in the same bed, and so yeah, it's a whole thing. And like, so, so a lot of times, like to have sex, like we have to like have a babysitter. Well, I was gonna and say, do you wait till she takes where, a nap, right? And then you just go as far away from a room as yeah, like, that what? happens too. And then sometimes, like, we'll hire a babysitter and like we'll go out to, <laughs> a sec, yeah, for, so you could have sex. Well, yeah, yeah it's like this weird that thing. Like sense. we're going to we go to a movie, we come home, and we say to the ba- we get, say to the babysitter like like hey. We're going upstairs. So you have sex while she's in the house? Yeah. But you give her heads up? Yeah. Does she get, does she get the... Well, we say like, we'll be back in 11 minutes. <laughs> you know, like... No, oh, they're I, fucking. No, there's... Uh, <laughs> oh that's what's God. sort of perverse about it. It's like there's a third party who's that's... kind of aware of it. Yeah, Why don't but you just the... like go to a Red Roof Inn from time to time? Like, yeah, that's yeah, a good idea. College. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know. I like doing All that. All those Red Roof Inns that are in Manhattan. There is one there's in a, Manhattan. There is. Really? Yes. I, yeah. It's right by there my is. old college. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but I got good deals. It's well, in Little India, actually. You have specifically. good deals? A Little India? Yeah. Right near here. 
Oh fuck! I gotta get down there. There's little Korea and little in- India right here. Well, Korea town. That's where the Red Roof Inn is. Yeah, there's a Red Roof Inn. Shit. But the thing is, in Manhattan, you can probably go to like a boutique hotel and get a better deal. Right. Like the Carlton Arms. Or I think something. that's a great idea. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of great advice here. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you tell the babysitter be back in 11 minutes. Ah! That freaks me out. That doesn't freak me out. I totally, I would do, I feel like I would do that. And if I was a babysitter, I'd be like, take your time. Oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) Are you loud when you have sex? I don't know. I've never been on the other side of the wall. (laughs) You don't, do you, I mean, do you talk? See, you're very, you're very, you're a talker, but do you talk? I can't imagine you talk. I've only, but I don't know. I've only lived within it. So I don't know what my volume control is. (laughs) You're so present that you don't remember what you say. That's exactly I call bullshit. No, I, I this is so uncomfortable. You don't have to answer it if you yes, don't want. Yes, you do. Do you okay. dirty talk? Answer it. <laughs> you don't have to tell me what you say. <laughs> Go through like a line. <laughs> I think. Dirty talk to us. <laughs> All of these things have and have not happened. Oh, okay. <sighs> wow, religion really fucked you up, I dude. Know. Yeah. I know. That's why we're, we're godless. That's why we're anything? so sexual. I do, yes. Do you go, mm. yes. 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 Ooh. It's silent. That's why the babysitter can stay downstairs. And also, I hope the hourly rate you're paying her is like. Oh, it's outrageous. Phenomenal. Okay. Yes. Cool. But, I'm, no, it's not. Oh, I was like, not. damn. It's not. Do you have. Well, so I'm still curious about you tell the babysitter you're going to go bone real quick. Is that what you say to her? No. no it's just implied. <laughs> right. But wink, wink. Does she get it? And then there's, there's this thing recently, because I wrote this thing about it um, for the Nantucket Film Festival. They had like a story night. And I and so I wrote a little bit about this and I mentioned the babysitter thing. And and then I pointed out that like I, like I kind of get now later in life like why these people like Arnold Schwarzenegger like end up like sleeping with a babysitter because like, I don't agree with it. I don't think it's a good idea. I don't condone it, but I kind of like get it. Are we getting an exclusive? I feel like you're hyper aware that you're on like a feminist podcast. No, no, no. I don't, I'm not for it. I get it, but I get it because I'm like, okay, the babysitter is like, you're like, okay, who wants to take care of the baby? You. Who wants to have sex? You too? Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. consolidates the whole operation. <laughs> and then my wife, my wife who gives a lot of insight into my writing and, and is a writer herself, she she goes, I want to point out that like, like, you know, you do get to fuck the babysitter. I'm the babysitter. You know what I mean? Or like, you do get to fuck the nanny. You do get to fuck the nanny. I'm the nanny. <laughs> Right. And which is she got a good point. She's got it's better line than any of my lines. <laughs> and she's like, she's puts right. on a nanny costume. And you're like, what? Wait. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of I'm very fascinated by the relationship you have with your wife because I feel like anytime like you describe yourself, it's like you're you're not you don't really sell yourself as someone that another person would want to marry because you have my favorite quote of all time, which is you said to Jen, which is I'm never going to be happy. Why do you want to be a part of that? Yeah. yeah. And oh, I love that. Steven it's on my Facebook so page in my oh, bio good. section. Cause oh, wow. I was like, this is great. I feel exactly the same way, but she like you, you anti-sold yourself and then she still wanted to be a part of that. Like how it's yeah, so, I got really lucky. Do you like yourself though? I think so. I, yeah, I would. <laughs> 
I would think, think so. You do. I don't know. I, ne- I never thought about it in that in that those plane of terms. I guess, mm-hmm. but I think so. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think. I'm, I don't think Do I'm desirable. My, my recent my <laughs> recent joke about my body that I'm going to put on stage soon is that I have the body of, of someone who's just about to start P90X and then doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's good. And, uh, yeah. And my my wife is super hot. And so yeah. that we are in stark contrast to one another. Do you feel old? I do. I do. I'm 38. Mm-hmm. It's not that. That's a, such a great age for a guy. That's like a is hot it? age. Is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. And the 40s, too. The 40s, too. Oh, my yeah. God. 35 yeah. to 45, prime time. When I moved to New York, I was 19. I was like, I just want to bang a 40-year-old. <laughs> because I just think that is, so, and I still think it's so attractive. Like, older men are, I don't know. I think it's just because men in their 20s tend to be the be worst. A nightmare, yeah. So As Dr. Maybe, Drew says. Maybe that's, the worst he's people got a, on earth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, are you like buds with Dr. Drew? Yeah. I just, friends? I used to listen to Loveline. Oh, uh, no. I was just asking because I was like, please, I'll go love my love. No, no. I, I, I was on the show a couple of times, but, uh, no, and then in, when I was on, you know, when I was first starting out, I was driving my mom's station wagon around the country to areas of lesser comedy concentration. I would stop. Listen, you're making me wet. I would, <laughs> I would listen to uh, hours of, you know, Loveline and yeah. Stern and whatever it was on. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and Loveline is so good. I mean, it was so it's good. So good. It's so yeah. good. But anyway, he yeah, he says that thing about guys in their twenties are just the worst people, and he's I think he's not wrong. <laughs> Do you have a type of woman that you're attracted to or are you just a variety? Like have all of your past relationships or hookups been a similar type of woman? I just think funny people. Yeah. I think that I think if you don't have the same sense of humor with the person you're with, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Oh, yeah. boy. You know what I mean? Like what is what do you talk about? I don't know. I've never had a relationship where humor was not a huge part of it. Yeah. Because then it's then it's boring. Yeah. That sucks. What's the most adventurous thing you've ever done sexually? These questions are now. I like asking you these because it kind of makes like you uncomfortable. Me squirm. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I we have bet. to we have to get access to the unprepared bits, Mike. Come on, I've, yeah. seen, no, 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 I've no. seen your show. My mom loved it. <laughs> My mom wanted me to tell you that she loved. She saw its own thing twice. She loved it. It hit all the key points that a movie should hit. Like yeah. I can show you the text message. <laughs> Oh He's God. a huge fan. He was like debating if he should be here when you arrive. Oh, you're wow. wonderful. He didn't want to seem like now a creep. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the weirdest sex thing you've ever done? Most adventurous. I, you know, I, I don't. Or like think the I, hottest, or something wild. Well, Any like. Well, like I. Because I know you don't just we, do missionary well, every we, time. When we were in Nantucket, <laughs> when we were in Nantucket, I pointed out that my wife and I had. Had more. My wife pointed out that we had had sex uh, on the beach there, uh, which was called, which is called Children's Beach. Oh, uh, which we didn't. Yeah, yeah. Which we didn't know was called Children's Beach when we had sex. Well, like we no- did the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do at Children's Beach. We created children. There, there were no children running around. No, it was at night. <laughs> So that, you know what's funny is yeah, we had had yeah that that was that was at a time in our relationship that was very uh cost it was early in our relationship it was it would it we was, did like weird shit yeah and it was it wasn't it was like our relationship was rocky early on oh really neither of us wanted to be in it 
but we were because but we but we loved but you were still pulled towards each other it's like we loved each other it was the jake johansson bit of like fuck yeah just like what was the fuck though because i i had the fuck too the fuck the fuck for me recently was i don't want to disrupt my career that's finally fucking going well to take time because i know how much time and work a relationship takes you're not wrong was that the same fuck for you yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and it's 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 gonna disrupt my plan you know because like (laughs) you know i'm like an obsessive planner and i'm neurotic and i'm like this is what you know when i'm 25 i'm gonna be on letterman when i'm 30 i'm gonna make my first movie when i'm 35 i'm gonna make my second movie you know what i mean like it's a fucking plan yeah that you have in your brain and it's precious to you you have yeah it's precious to you you have dreams and and then, you know, at a certain point in your life, you start to accept. And this is what, of course, Don't Think Twice is about, is you start to realize that, you know, what happens when life gets in the way of dreams. <sighs> yeah. Because that's that's what nobody tells you. Or that nobody, maybe they tell you, but you can't even get it until it happens to you. Yeah, and that's a bummer of a, because I feel like there's so many people who that's happened to. <sighs> yeah, I remember my friend Chris and who was in my improv group, like in our early twenties, we had a show at UCB. It was really popular. Our group was called little man. And then his, uh, his girlfriend had a kid. He fell in love with this woman who had a kid and who's awesome. Her name is Allison. And, and, um, he's like, I'm just going to move back to Chicago and, uh, raise this kid and get married. And I was like, don't you see that? Like, we're gonna be like successful comedians. Well, that's the what you have to have. He goes, I don't care. So I just don't care because I'm in love with this person, and it means more to me to raise this child I love and this woman to be with this woman I love than to be a comedian. I just don't care. You have he, to give up so much this to is be one of the most, successful in this business. This is one of the most talented people I know. Yeah, is he so, happy, Chris Fosdick? I think he is. Yeah. yeah. I, I see him whenever I go to Chicago. Yeah. Well, because everyone has different priorities. So. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing. They it's hard do. for me to not feel like, oh, what? no, but th- that's their life. That's not my life. Well, that's the thing that drives me crazy about like there's an American perception of success that it has to be this one thing. Yeah. But in fact, I think it can be like on the spectrum of like a whole ton of things. And that I feel like my 30s have been all about like realizing like, oh, no, it's not about what other people perceive my success should be. It's what I uh, experience and what I want and when, what, mm-hmm. you know, sort of, and then what happens in life. Yeah. Well, I feel like the driving force initially is like, I talk about this goal all the time. I got to do it. And yeah. then you get into it and you're like, oh shit, this is really fun. I really want to do it now. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. And then you just get, or you do no it, turning back. You get everything you want. And then you're like, oh, this is kind of meaningless. And this sucks. Yeah. Have you ever had that moment? Sure, right now. <laughs> all I wanted to Zing. do is all I wanted to do is be on this podcast. Here I am, going, what the fuck am I doing? This here? isn't as cool as I thought. There's sirens. Yeah, there's. You poor. <laughs> They're no, just but, making uh, you so uncomfortable. No, sure though. You, you Are know, we making I, you I uncomfortable? Feel, no, no. Oh. I no, no. But well, I, that's good, I, I have a good answer for that though, uh, which is, uh, yeah, I feel like if. I told myself, my 21 year old self, what I, that I would just be making, I'd be just have made my second movie and it would have, you know, this person and this person in it. I would just be like, no way. Like, that's crazy. (laughs) Or 
uh, you're going to, you know, you're, when I was 21, say, you're going to play Carnegie Hall and you're going to have a successful off-Broadway show. You're like, no way. And then you, then you live it and you're like, oh, I'm wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. Still you. Yep. Still sucky you. Well, and- <laughs> <laughs> it's still P90X and then doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Gave up just before. Yeah. Well, it also, what fuck was I going to say? Well, your goals become, it, what I've realized is you always want that something in the distance. And then when you get it, you're like, I got to create something else farther away. Like I, I, for me, I always want to have a goal that's higher that I feel like might be impossible. And I just want to see if I could do it. That's smart. Kind of thing. Like, like we got asked to do the Ted talk. I was like, yeah, right. What are yours right now? Uh, well, wait, you got asked to do a Ted talk. We did a Ted. We talk. already did the Ted talk. Oh, that's yeah. great. I want to listen to that. I got the email when I was at is she it has, a video too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's on great. YouTube. She has a monthly show at New York comedy club called nacho bitches. And it was a Halloween uh, version. And I was Wednesday Adams and who you were transgender, Ronald McDonald. I was transgender, Ronald McDonald. Yeah. And we were like drunk, like, you know, running around. I was at the show and I got this email. I was like, we just got asked to do a TED talk. She's like, no, we did it. I was like, yeah, we did. So great. <laughs> but well, those are goals though, that I didn't even know was even defined. Like right. you didn't even know. It was goal. Goal. You didn't even know it was something you wanted. Yeah. Well, well, it's funny. Cause my goals that I, I've, I'm obsessed with Saturday Night Live and I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. Sure. And that's why like when Keegan came out his character and he fucking show, I was like, oh my God. I like cringe during all of his characters when he yells at the people for talking weird to his famous, like it just. Keegan's great in the movie. He's amazing. I such actually, a my, actor, my uncle. Such a nice guy, by the way. Really nice. I remember I got lunch with him like 10 years ago. I went to LA as my uncle's good friends with him because he worked on Mad TV for, oh, yeah. for a long time. And I remember asking him about comedy. I'm like, how do we get on SNL? Who's your uncle? Uh, Jeff Hutchinson. Oh, I don't know. He him, did but sets for the we, 10 years. Well, because Keegan and, and Tammy Sager worked at Mad TV together. Oh, I didn't know Tammy worked yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, cool. And they were, she's funny. Keegan and Tammy were in Second City together <clears throat> in the that, 90s. Yeah. yeah. They're pretty so cool. Good. What are we talking about? Mm. Uh, you, I don't, you were getting to the, uh, something, but I don't know what I it forget. was. <laughs> this happens to me a lot. I think we're fine. Do you, do you feel, done feel comfortable? We've yeah, done we, a lot. Uh, we need to wrap. Oh, but yeah. Is there anything you want to leave on? See the movie, but like any, oh. any other story or anything we didn't cover oh my God. or you, yeah. You wanted to reveal something weird about yourself sexually. <laughs> Cause I know I feel like you're aching to do it. Yes. But yes, I am. I'm just dying to break out with that but uh you know it's like if we went with a black light to my perbiglia's apartment what like will we where find? where's the what's the weirdest stain and where would it be oh my god like your sleeping bag would just be covered in <laughs> every question that you guys ask i just i start like visualizing the, the answers and then cringing <laughs> i and can that's see what, in your that's face what the silence is but that's also why i enjoy asking them i know i know <laughs> It's yeah, no, it's that's my hook. <laughs> People like watching me be uncomfortable. You're really good at it. Thanks. Do you hate it? Being no, uncomfortable? No, it's fun. Yeah. No, I think one of the most fun things about comedy is that you're the butt of the joke. And if you can't kind of the most fun thing about com- the most funny comedy to me is when yeah. the person on stage is willing to be the joke. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's what you guys are are <laughs> Doing that to me right now, and I, I, I enjoy that it's happening <laughs> to you. for the for the out of respect for comedy. Well, you discussed that in your in your stage show that yes. yeah, the being the like someone has to be the butt of the joke, and yeah. so in this overly PC society <clears throat> yeah. that we live in, 
someone has to be the butt of the joke because that's what a fucking joke is. Yeah, so you guys are like asking me uncomfortable questions and it's like, it's <laughs> it's funny that like, it makes me like literally the color red. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. That's it why is- I love the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing it. I'm just going to think of your face now when we're interviewing people. I'm like, Mike's cringing right now for for our guest. He's been in the hot seat. He knows how it feels. I love it. But if people, well, I will say if people, um, wherever they're listening, um, see, don't think twice. It's going to be, wait, tell me when you broadcast us. Friday. Friday. So in a week. A week. Okay. So this weekend... Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie's in 150 theaters, which basically oh, nice. means that it's it's everywhere. I mean, wide it's, release. Yeah, right? it's within it's within 40 miles of you, and you yeah. can just go on don'tthinktwicemovie.com and and if you like stuff like this, if you like Sleepwalk with Me, if you like things that are small and personal and indie and made with a lot of love and very little money, go to the movie and see it this weekend because because that's how I get to make other stuff. And that's how these guys get to make other stuff. And it's like, it's, it's sort of the ecosystem of independent art right now. Yeah. And it is a great fucking movie. I loved it. So it brought out so many emotions because when you saw it, Corinne, you were like, I laughed, I cried. And I was like, really? And then I saw it. But Theo, when Steven looked at me, he goes, I don't want to be stuck in the well. You won't be stuck in the well. Yeah. It was beautiful. Who knows? He might. Um, I mean, that would suck, but. Oh, I'll I play this it. clip if we, we do ever end up breaking up. I'll oh be like, God, we I predicted can't. it. <laughs> I well, can't yeah. Take it. Well, that would be interesting because then at least Mike Birbiglia would have a big impact on our relationships because, you know, Sleepwalk with me had a big impact on me and Frank, which was the impetus for this podcast. And maybe the podcast can end with my relationship. Twice, and it'd be right. great. Just be a, oh, whole, a whole 360. <laughs> you evil fuck. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Well, thanks a lot, you guys. Thank no, you very thank much. Thank you so much for coming on. This is uh, quite an honor. Everyone is going to be really excited. And where can we follow? Twitter handle is... Oh, at Burbigs. Yeah. At B-I-R-B-I-G-S. And then at Don't Think Movie, you should follow and like us on uh, on Facebook. Awesome. Don't Think Twice Movie. And go see it. Thank it's you so guys good. so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Such thank a blast. You so much. You're such a trooper. <laughs> this has been Guys Me Fuck. That's the worst thing you could say to me. <laughs> no, I, I, no it's the, it, the interview was everything I could have asked for and more. We'll talk to you next Friday. Bye. I just want to tell you a little something. Oh, let me tell you a little something. Oh, let me tell you a little something. Oh, no, no, no. I just want to tell you a little something So I'ma put it in a song Lord, I'm trying to right my wrongs I'm just trying to clear my thoughts I'm just trying to clean my conscience It's coming from my heart You had a love as sweet as granny's palms Open like my father's arms Whole family, you got along I never be the mother, guys See, I got wise Cause my mother's eyes And kept my family ties I'm in my brother's life And I ain't even mad at you I just think that this is something past due Girl, I'm just showing gratitude Wondering if things happen differently I'd have a different attitude And cruise through these roadblocks Like rush hour in Chattanooga We mapped it out I'm talking longitude and latitude But we was young and lost We never had a clue But now... I done turned my old self is selfless It's all about me, my family, and friends I think I finally know now what love is And love is, uh Love is, um <laughs> Yeah Hey I just wanna know if you're happy So please tell me that you Yeah Hey 
This episode of Guys We Fucked is sponsored by Movement Watches. With their classy design meets styled minimalism, Movement Watches are perfect for an elegant style or a fun, trendy night out with your friends. They have tons of interchangeable color schemes to match your summer outfit or your fall outfit or your winter outfit or your spring outfit. These watches look like they should be four or five hundred bucks, but Movement keeps them at a perfect price point, starting at just $115. Go to mvmtwatches.com slash GWF and they'll give you 15% off your entire purchase.